here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> I like him. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In, like in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Just stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cranch alongside, as always, King of Banter, the most compelling voice in podcasting, and, of course, the Kenta Kibashi <sighs> of sex. It's the what most it? compelling voice in wrestling media. Look, All again, media? I don't give myself these monikers. Don't If you don't like the moniker, right? <laughs> Listen, listen. If you don't like a particular moniker, you're blaming the wrong guy. These are given to me by listeners. Right. You're just the messenger. You're just the, the I, man. Listen, I just – this is what people tell me I am. I relay it. I add it to my list to feed my ego, of course. Okay. Well, I, I apologize in the most compelling voice in wrestling media. But uh, how are you regardless of if I screwed your nickname? Get the kibashi of sex. I gave that one myself up yeah i was that gonna one, say that one definitely was self otherwise i'm hooking up with listeners like on the road or something right because how else would they know <laughs> yeah that's kind of weird but yeah, yeah. i've never banged a listener for what it's worth um i'm i'm doing fine how are you good uh good how, how were your holidays they were they were they were tremendous they were yeah. they were nicely done good i'm glad how's the uh, how's yeah. the lovely britney doing the lovely britney is is doing great as a matter of fact did you get her anything uh what'd you get her for christmas anything nice why are you beating around the bush my friend <laughs> it is it is true i uh i i did uh i did get engaged on christmas eve look at that i believe that's what you're getting at look sir. at that no i didn't know that at all that's a complete surprise to me but no <laughs> that's of course what i was doing so that's, the- that's be proud of that he'll be a little happier about that jesus I am happy about the the wild Lanza has been tamed. Um, you can only imagine what kind of woman it would take to right. tame. Well, to be fair, not officially. Not you haven't officially been tamed quite yet. Well, the date is set, my friend. Oh, the plane tickets are purchased. The um, yeah, listen, Brittany doesn't fuck around. Okay, she uh, <laughs> she's locking you down real quick. <laughs> she deposits down this booked that booked. Like now, it's just a financial thing more than anything. Like. That, that's right. I no, mean, you wanted to leave. You're like, well, geez, it'd be t- it'd I'm locked in now. I mean, it's, <laughs> you can't it's, go anywhere. It's very real. Uh, she got that ring in immediately. She wasted no time. <laughs> From there, I mean, everything's locked in place. I mean, I, you know, I'm. I, it's now we got plane tickets, we got hotel accommodations, we got a venue. Um, there's the data set. It's 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 going down, and it, it's locked in now. Uh, we finally come full circle because, as, as we always said, when we first started the show, what six years ago, you were the engaged one and I was the uh, the swinging single, and now we've uh, now we're both locked down and 
Now it's just you know, a this, of this, if, our, if our significant <laughs> others are going to let us continue to talk to each other for three hours every week. So. This, this audience was, was really taken through a wild ride of an untamed Lanza for a few years, weren't they? They really were, yeah. That was, it was one of our good gimmicks. Like, I don't know that... Uh, I don't know that married lands is a great gimmick. Like married stepdad lands, like that's even worse. Like you're a stepdad. Like come on, that's true. Um, like how do you go from Tinder Joe to to, to stepdad Joe? Like well, the Tinder all... Joe stuff. I mean, that stopped months ago when I met her. So I know, but... that, that that gimmick has left has been gone from the show for a while. Um, maybe new listeners would be surprised by some old shows. I don't know. Um, but hey, Lanza Unfiltered's coming back, so it's not like the. Uh, I got plenty of stories to tell a good thing very entertaining but yeah nice transition yeah the... that's a perfect transition to uh, as we mentioned uh last week and uh we mentioned it on twitter and in various places as well but our patreon uh we went live last week with that patreon.com slash voices of wrestling if you go there you can find all the details about our new subscribers here what you're going to get for your two dollars and five dollars uh, and a little bit of why we're uh, why we're doing it, a little bit of the background of the show, uh, why we're on Patreon, and, and what our goals are with it, and and really the big thing is though what you're going to get, and that's you know we mentioned it a lot last week, but for those just you know listening this week, a lot of good stuff coming up. The two dollar tier is going to get you the overrun. Um, that's a new segment we're going to do once a month, uh, at, at the very least once a month. Uh, where if we go over three hours, we're going to put a, a new file up there where you know we aren't going to have to worry about running out of time. Like this week, we want to talk about Noah and, and, and Dragon Gate, but we have you know Wrestle Kingdom to get to and the year in review to get to. So Noah and Dragon Gate, like we might not be able to get to it in three hours, but if that you, you know with when we have the overrun and when we're ready to go, which is 2018, we're going to get it going uh, with the new year. We'll be able to throw those on the overrun, and that'll be a nice new segment to do where we won't have to run out of time ever again. Where if, if we're up on three hours, who the fuck cares? We have another hour. We have another hour and a half. We can go and do our customary four-hour shows like we, we used to do every so often. When it when it, war- when it was warranted, we did a four-hour show, and, and now we don't have to feel uh, pressure to not do that or whatever. So that'll be pretty cool. And then the $5 tier, that's just bonus show and rich. I mean, that is everything we can throw at you with lands unfiltered. I want to bring back squashing buttons, uh, new segments, the Joe and Rich recommend matches to each other, uh, just a bunch of stuff that we really want to do. And you can find all that out on patreon.com slash voice of wrestling and see what's going on there but uh i've been pretty overwhelmed by the support we've gotten already and i can't wait to to get stuff going uh, in 2018 how are you feeling about it so far yeah i'm looking forward to it i want to i i've i want to do more audio so um this is uh this is a good way to uh motivate us into doing that so um i am looking forward to it i think i think the stuff behind the paywall will be very different from the stuff that we do week to week. You know, it can be a little looser because it's the people who are the hardcore fans of what we do and who understand what we do. And we can, we don't, you know, I have a phrase, Rich. You know, uh, I got, I'll give you a little anecdote since we're great at wasting time before we get into what we're supposed to talk about here. Okay. I went to my brother's wedding last year and, um, For some reason, even though I was the brother of the groom and I was at the, you know, when you go to a wedding, you got like the tables are numbered, right? Right. You got your number one table where it's like the immediate family, you know, the parents and and the brothers. and You got your number two table and then you got like your number 27 table and it's like the weird people from work where if you're afraid you don't invite them, they're going to (laughs) talk shit about you. And the cousin that's like a kid toucher. The quality of people kind of drops the further the number gets, right? You never want to go to a wedding and be like, ah, shit, I'm 
at table 31, this is what they think of me. You know what I mean? Right. You're so in the it's corner, like, the like there's only, there's not enough chairs. Like maybe you'll get a plate. Maybe not. Like it, it, It's all the people that didn't get plus ones on the invitation. Right. Right. You right. Know what I mean, like just come by yourself. We or really the bums who, who really RSVP'd late, like forgot it. And they were really, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they just forgot yeah. we're coming. Oh shit. He did say he was coming. All right. We'll just throw him on this table. Like maybe we'll have enough knives. We'll, we'll find out on the day of like, but, but my point here is, so at my brother's wedding, I think I was at table number two. I think the parents were at table number one, and then, like, the siblings were at table number two. But I had this weird guy at my table, and I don't know if he was someone's friend or if he was someone's date, but he was this guy that no one knew who he was, and he wasn't talking much. And he had his uh, – and he was what I call, Rich, a top-button guy. Do you know what a top-button guy is? You can probably use context here, but – yeah, but but. He he had his shirt buttoned all the way to the top button, right? That's a top button guy, and I never. Was you wearing a tie though? Button. No tie. Just was he wearing the tie? No tie. Oh, a, okay. So now okay. you know what a top say, button guy is, right? You got to do the top button if you if you're wearing the tie. I hate it because I hate that top button. The top button's fucking garbage. No, no, no tie. He was just a top button guy. Oh, that's, okay. That's creepy buttons. as hell. That's creepy. He definitely killed somebody at some. Dude, point my whole life. thing yeah. is I never trust the top button. No, guy. he's he's murdered before, and and we'll murder again. Yes, and a top button guy always has to loosen up a little. So, you know, I looked over to him during, you know, at some point. I was like, listen, guy, don't be a top button guy. Undo that top button. Come on, live a little. You know, you can talk. You know, we're not going to. Did you like, forget a tie, or was there ever a tie in question? Or no? no you just, he just immediately top, the top this button. This is my point. That's he was just so a top weird. button guy. You know? <laughs> Who would choose to be a top button guy? I it's... bet you have one at work. Think about it. I bet you. No, got not at my work. My work's and pretty I, terrible. And I bet you he's an IT guy. We don't really have any. We have like one IT woman. So I don't work at a very big place. There's like 40 people that work in my entire You know who's usually a top button guy? An IT guy or like someone in accounting. That's where you often find a top button guy. Yeah, if our accounting department wasn't all women, I'd imagine they're top button women for sure. Um, just they like don't, if yeah. they were men, they'd be Same. top button guys, is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's top what I mean. Like, yeah, they, they wear they're, they're the stuffiest, you know, lamest people at the entire place. But right. So this was a top button guy, and I told so he smiled and he undid that top button. And let me tell you something. He loosened up. He started talking. He was fucking around with us. And he even got on the dance floor at some point. So I feel like I converted this top button guy into a normal guy. You know what I mean? So it's like what I'm getting around. You're probably wondering, Rich, <laughs> where this is going. What this has to do with our Patreon. Well, I think I got it, but go ahead, go ahead, finish. Look, it. when we're doing the weekly uh, flagship, we're top button guys. Yeah, you know? we're constricted. I can barely breathe. It's up against we're the Adam's apple. Yeah, by 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 societal pressure, to keep <laughs> things reined in. You know, to to keep things you know uh, safe and neutral. No, but behind that paywall, Rich, things are. We're gonna undo that top button. And things are going to get crazy, okay? They're going to get uh, unbridled, relaxed, Joe and Rich. You're going to get Joe and Rich with no restraints. The reins will be off. The top button will be undone. How's that for a hard sell? That's, that's solid. There you go. But patreon.com slash voices of wrestling for all the details on that. Uh, we lay it out exactly what you'll get and exactly why we're asking for support and, and what it is and all that good stuff. But yeah, as mentioned, a few of the things that you're going to get with the $5 instant reaction major show reviews, you know, after pay-per-views end, if Joe and I are around, we'll do a, a quick show. Uh, a, Mailbags, theme shows, uh, Starcade ninety one review is, is coming definitely for sure. The Action Zone ninety four stuff like that, and and the thing that you mentioned too, like the top button is we always feel like you know we have to do our, our, our three hours. We got to do our these will just be like hey fuck Joe's around I'm around let's 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 shoot the shit for forty five minutes or whatever, and it goes up. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be a here's the five topics we had here's 
the news of wrestling this week. Here's what I mean, we, we can go nuts. It could just be Joe and Rich fuck around for 15 minutes or whatever. And that could be a thing. You know, Joe and Rich recommend matches to each other. One of our favorite things, uh, the return of guests, the return of interviews, uh, retro uploads of pre audio boom stuff. People are always asking for some godforsaken reason why uh, listen to the old shows that we did, the original shows we did, the original concept of voice of wrestling. We'll be able to find it. You better let me review some of those before you. Yeah, post. we might. We're not yeah, gonna like the, be first, that, yeah, the first, like, the first, the first. We're not going to be that Nobody listened. Are probably uh, just in case. Like we may have said some terrible things. So we have to yeah, I, we're not going to be that unbuttoned. It, listen, <laughs> no, that, that's a top a button there. We, we're going to have to button the top on those. There, there's a difference between undoing the top button and doing this show shirtless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we, we, it was literally just you and I talking to each other for for two and a half hours for a while there. So. Uh, you, me, and then Larry listening. <laughs> this was all that we had for, for quite a while. So those shows are probably, in addition to being horrible shows, I'm sure they're also uh, uh, very problematic. So we'll have to uh, check those. But then, uh, of course, uh, off-topic stuff like uh, my squashing buttons and then your return of the Lanza Unfiltered. And then pretty much whatever else we can think of. That's the $5. I mentioned the $2, the overrun. Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. And Joe, that is it for sponsors. That is it for ads. That's it for everything. This is a sponsor-free show. We wanted to yes. give you guys Russell Kingdom 12 preview. It's one of our biggest shows every single year. And we demanded this one be sponsor free. Uh, it might be some pre-roll ads. Can't control those, but we are otherwise sponsor. Free. Can't control the pre-rolls. We told dollar shave club, hit the bricks. We don't want your money this week. <laughs> Blue we April, told, we're good. We're we'll go hungry. We'll go hungry. Take a hike. You're making me chop apron every, uh, chop garlic every week. I've had enough. Got a garlic slicer, Joe. This week. We, we told, so we now told I Seat Geek, finally <laughs> go to hell. Yeah. Zip recruiter. No one's looking for jobs Christmas time. Go take a walk. We wanted to do an ad free show. Lift will walk. I just plugged all four of them. (laughs) I plugged all four, but we're doing an ad free show uh, uh, this week because it's the last show of the year. And I'd also like to, didn't all four of them re up for next year, correct? They did indeed. There you go. So that's. That's that's testament to uh, and we love them. We love our sponsors. We we love the support they give us. But of course, this is one that we wanted wanted to keep as as, as neutral as possible. This is our like you said our, our last show of the year. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of a year in review, and it's a Russell Kingdom preview. We want that one to feel as pure as possible, and that that's what we're gonna be able to do here. So that's it for sponsors. That's it. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling, and we are done. Over no more ads. Uh, except for and, and we lied to everybody. We said we, we said we'd do a three hour Wrestle Kingdom preview, but we're doing a lot of other topics. <laughs> yeah, no, we got too much uh, other yeah. stuff to get to. I mean, we we talked we touched on Wrestle Kingdom a little bit uh, last little week, bit. but I, we'll do. I, I don't think we can do the whole three hours like we usually. It'll do. eat most of the show. We got to do our deep dive. Yeah, exactly. But there's some other good stuff too. We wanted to talk about the year in review, uh, a little bit of the business end, a little bit of the in ring quality stuff that kind of happened throughout the year. Uh, so it'll be a pretty fun topic. And then we both watched uh, some of the big matches from. Uh, uh, the Noah 12 uh, 22 show and the Dragon Gate Final Gate show. And there's some good stuff on those shows. So I'd feel bad if we didn't touch on those at least a little bit. But we got to start with Wrestle Kingdom. We have to absolutely 100% begin uh, with our Wrestle Kingdom preview. Joe comes, of course, January 4th. That is, uh, what, what, what day of the week is that? I'm, I'm so screwed up with this stupid in between Christmas and New Year's week. That is going to be, because uh, we talked about it last week. So that's on Thursday, Thursday correct? So yeah, we're a little screwed yeah. up. We're going to try to do a show on Friday. Uh, if we can, but yeah, it's going to be a little weird then because you know there's obviously weird stuff going on uh, with Russell Kingdom and and it being such a big deal and it being on that weekday and then we're doing watch parties and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Thursday, uh, this coming Thursday or, or next, oh yeah, uh, Jesus, sorry, this coming Thursday, God damn, that's terrible. Russell Kingdom twelve. Um, really quickly, if you do, if you're not a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer, this would be a definite week to do it. They 
Dave did a really awesome recap uh, of the history of the New Japan's Tokyo Dome all the way back to them originally running the Dome before it really became Wrestle Kingdom, before it became sort of a traditional thing, just kind of the history behind why they started running the Dome, the history behind, you know, the first Dome shows and, and a lot of good stuff in there. So must read for anybody who wants to know any little bit of background uh, about New Japan's Tokyo Dome shows, in particular Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he does a good job of sort of wrapping up uh, everything that's going on with this year's show as well. But uh, real quick, before we get to the matches, a um, little bit of the business end of Wrestle Kingdom, and this again is from this week's Wrestling Observer. Uh, and Dave writes, this year's advance was said to be ahead of the pace of any show since 1998. It seems likely it could be the most paid since 2002. Okay, now here's the thing. We hear that every year. Right, and I was going to say, so take it with a grain of salt because we have heard the same thing over and over. In fact, Meltzer once reported, I think it was three years ago, that the show sold out. Um, I know I'm not just making that up I, I or imagining it. That definitely happened where he announced that the show was sold out or something. And then it was like 25,000 when they announced the ticket, but the difference this year, and I'm not like Barry and Dave. I mean, he didn't make that up. He obviously got bad information from somebody or was fed bullshit or whatever the case may be. But every year we hear about how they're, you know, killing it with these tickets and they're ahead of all these different paces. And then they do a thousand more than they did the year before. They've shown slow incremental growth on these dome shows, but now we're seeing from other sources, people like, Evan Deadly Sins on Twitter, who who covers New Japan attendance better than anybody, in my view, um, and he he tracks it, you know, straight from the ticket sources and and those sorts of things, and 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 New Japan themselves, uh, which is also something a little different. Um, New Japan themselves have announced that they have sold over thirty thousand tickets already. So we're a week out from the show. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some walk up. You would think what. I don't know, a couple thousand, maybe a thousand or two. Yeah, it's hard up. to know. I mean, I mean this, this used to be an event and, and Dave alludes to that too. It used to be a very heavy walk-up event. And now it's tough to say if it's going to be anymore or if yeah. this is, you know, a bunch of people bought their tickets ahead of time. And so the walk-up's not going to be as good as it was in prior years. I don't know. It's going to be very fascinating to see how many of these people are new people, how many people are, are, are former walk-ups or how many people that were going to be walk-ups decided to get in ahead of time. And maybe that walk-up number is going to be a little soft. I don't know. It'll, it'll be super fascinating to see the day up. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess what my point is, Rich, is that, uh, I was skeptical of all these rumors of how many tickets they were selling until New Japan started saying yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it would be, I think it'd be a little dubious for New Japan to tell people two weeks out from the show, hey, we sold 30,000 tickets. And then the day of the show say, all right, we did 28,000. I mean, I just don't think they would do that. Um, so if they're saying they sold 30,000 tickets, I expect it to exceed 30,000 tickets. I did not read the Observer this week that you read. Um, did Dave talk about how badly inflated a lot of those old dome numbers were? He did. Yeah, he, he does. Like 70,000. Exactly. He touches on that. Yeah, where, where there was, you know, 70,000 and 65,000 or whatever. Yeah, and they were just, they were complete nonsense numbers or whatever. And it's a bullshit standard to hold this era too. Because right, because people go, oh, well, this, this Sasaki versus whoever match had 71,000 or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, but that wasn't the and, real number. Like, and this is not a new thing. I mean, guys like Matt Farmer have been screaming about this for, for decades. Yeah, right, Those right. numbers were complete fabrications, and we even had people um, I think um, don't, I don't want to I don't want to not credit anyone, but I, I remember Matt Farmer and uh, uh, David Penton, I think uh, last year or the year before, had a discussion um, on Twitter where I mean, they you know, they literally broke down and counted the seats. You're right, they were doing screenshots and going, "No, I counted this many seats." Right. No and way, just, this many, yeah. you just cannot draw sixty thousand people to that building. It's just, it's, it was just always bullshit. And that's not to say that those shows weren't full. 
I mean, they were sold out shows, but the numbers were just greatly inflated. So I guess what I'm hoping to see, and I don't know if it'll be this year, probably not, or who knows, maybe it will be, I don't know, or next year if they get a hotter match or something. I would like to see New Japan sell out this dome in this era where they're being honest about their numbers. So we know what the real fucking number is. And at least we have a ballpark. Now, listen, setups are going to be different and things like that. So you're always going to have a couple thousand difference, but you're not going to have a 20,000 seat difference in, in, in sellouts, uh, you know, based on setups or whatnot. Um, you know, so when you, when you're talking about your Noah shows that were there in the middle part of the, of the alt decade and some of these new Japan shows and these wacky attendance numbers being floated around, I want to see this company right now, sell one out. So we have a better idea of how many people you could actually fit in there. I, I don't want to misquote him, but I think, uh, the number Matt Farmer came up with was a little under 50,000, somewhere in the high forties or maybe the low fifties is realistically what you can pack in there. Yeah, which is actually interesting because uh, Dave mentioned this, and I've seen this from other people too, including uh, Evan, who you said, and, and definitely follow Evan Deadly Sins on Twitter. Absolutely, 100%. Somebody you want to follow over the next week uh, as this Wrestle Kingdom you know, number comes out. But here's what David, he says, on Christmas Eve, they hit the 30,000 mark in ticket sales. And again, we heard that directly from them as well. They announced it, and we're, we're, we're screaming from the top of the mountains, 30,000. So again, like you're saying, they're not going to do that if it's actually 25. You know what I mean? Like, in, in, not in this right. era that they've been in. So that's good news on that respect. And then Dave also puts, and again, I haven't heard this uh, from a, a ton of other people, and obviously New Japan has announced this, uh, that actual tickets were closing in on 40,000 as of the day after Christmas on 1226. Yeah, oh. which, which if, if New Japan was being forthright when they announced that they crossed 30,000, I believe it, because that was probably about a week ago now. Right, yeah. Um, so it, it, that's realistic that they sold a couple thousand since then. I, I can buy that. Um, well, let, let's bounce off of that. I mean, this is the hottest match that Bushi Road Era New Japan has ever put together. Okada and Naito. So I can totally buy into the idea that, and plus they're coming off their hottest year. Um, I don't know how the final numbers shook out by the end of the World Tag League Tour, but the company was on pace to have their second uh, most profitable year in the history of the company, not just Bushi Road, uh, even accounting for all the hot years, uh, the hot eras in the past. And had an outside chance of being the number one most profitable year of all time. And before, you know, I know people are out there screaming about, you know, inflation. But you remember the inflation rate in Japan is almost non-existent. I mean, we're talking about about 1% inflation since the 90s in Japan. So inflation is not a factor. So uh, when people talk about the golden era of New Japan and that sort of thing, we're in one. I mean, this era is right there with uh, now. Now, look, you can have nuanced arguments and 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 get into which era you think was hotter. And I may not necessarily argue with this one. I'd really have to look at things. They were running bigger buildings more consistently during some other eras. But in terms of of profits, uh, this year, 2017, was an enormous year for them. Um, at minimum, the second most profitable year they've ever had. So you're coming off a super hot year where Okada was selling out main events left and right. And you've got him going against the hottest wrestler in the company, the hottest wrestler in the country, and one of the hottest wrestlers, in the, maybe the hottest wrestler in the world uh, in Tetsuya Naito. And it has caused a perfect storm. Uh, they've built up to this match perfectly. They peaked Naito perfectly. And the end result is a Wrestle Kingdom show, which you know, this time next week, we could be talking about drawing 40,000 fans, which would just be enormous. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom is usually the number two 
uh, most attended show of the year behind WrestleMania anyway, but that would pretty much lock that. Well, actually, where is uh, Royal Rumble this year? It's in uh, Philly, what, isn't it? No, it, it was Royal Rumble. What, what was the Alamo Dome? What, what am I thinking? Was that last year's Royal Rumble or was that this year's? I think it's in Philly next month. I think you might be right, but why do I keep thinking Alamo Dome? That, that, they did the Alamo Dome for another show. It wasn't. It wasn't this one, was it? No, they were. They were last year. They were in. They were in last year. That was last year. Yeah. So this year is, is in Philly. I'm. I'm. I'm is in Philly. Pretty, yeah. So I mean, you know, so the Rumble is not, not going to touch. Yeah, yeah. So that won't. That won't be a competition. That's not. For them. Yeah, that won't touch thirty thousand. So, um, you know, Wrestle Kingdom's guaranteed to be number two again this year. Um, you know, barring some unforeseen company that gets super hot and runs a soccer stadium or something, and that's not going to happen. So. <laughs> yeah. um, well, you know, I don't know. Someone in Mexico could catch fire, and maybe sure. they'll run a microman. Microman can. Uh... Yeah, I'm so I'm, but I mean, it, for, you know, realistically, you know, if they do over thirty and if they touch forty, I mean, and, and what you know, and they haven't done thirty yet. So if they just leapfrog the thirty threshold, do you remember what the actual number was for Mania? Because I know that they announced the Mania in, in, in the Superdome uh, a few years ago. They announced for for Mania thirty. They announced like seventy five thousand or something like that. Do, do you know if it ever actually came out what the real number was uh, for that? I don't I have it off the top of my head. I don't remember. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to dig. That's to a Meltzer that. question. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't recall exactly what that was, and I don't know if anybody on. I think it was in the sixties. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I think it wasn't. It wasn't like a, a dramatically. I mean, it was. It was obviously they increased the number by by a little bit. You know, to, to break some records. But yeah, I, I thought I remember the number being somewhere in that sixties or whatever. So I'd imagine they get around the same there. I mean, maybe maybe a little. You know, give or take about a few. Uh, for Mania, yeah, exactly. Going back to the oh 60s. yeah, yeah oh, they're, they're, oh the Mania number will crush the Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I just mean in terms of of, of you know major events and stuff. But no, there's no way. I mean, yeah. the, the, the Mania number is going to easily beat Wrestle Kingdom. No questions. So. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the Mania seating chart actually the other day. I looked at it. Um, and they're well on their way. I mean, most of the cheap seats are sold. It's just scattered uh, uh, expensive seats on the floor. Right. And those will sell. Those will sell. You know, those are all going to sell. Whatever, yeah. But it's like, you know, and, and it's like, and that's why it's so silly when people talk about like, oh, Roman Reigns is main event at four straight WrestleManias. He draws 70,000 people. Right. These seats all sell before they even announce a match. I mean, you can't credit any wrestler uh, or match for, for selling these WrestleMania tickets in this day and age. It's such a silly thing when people say that. Well, and, and, and you mentioned credit a little bit uh, in, in terms of the Roman Reigns thing. As far as this Wrestle Kingdom one, and I think that's a good discussion as well, who yeah. gets the credit for this one? I mean, there, there's been a lot of discussion of, oh, it's all Naito, or oh, it's Okada, the run that they've had with Okada. It's Jericho. It's Omega, all this stuff. And I saw you on Twitter talking a little bit about it. What, what, what's your stance on who, you know, quote unquote, gets credit for this number? Well, here's what annoyed me because I'm already seeing a lot of bullshit. Like I, I've seen three separate um, discussions crop up. Oh, Tetsuya Naito is drawing this number. Oh, Okada is drawing this number. And even people saying, oh, Jericho is responsible for this number. <laughs> and which is the most ridiculous of all. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think no. it's, it's, it's that that's crazy. There's not one person responsible for this number. Obviously Naito Okada is the hottest match they've ever put together. And both of those components are extremely important. I mean, uh, Naito's as hot as he's, uh, he's hotter than he's ever been right now at this moment. He's probably the hottest wrestler on the planet. And Okada has this, you know, unprecedented string of sellouts uh, for the Bushiroad New Japan era. He has sold out every title defense he's had since, uh, you know, post uh, Wrestle Kingdom, what was last year's 12 or 11? 11, right? 11, yeah. Um, I, I, these numbers, I can't keep them straight. Um, you know, every other title defense he had, you know, sold out. And, um, you know, and really, he's been on fire since the 2016 G1 
is where you can really pinpoint it. I wrote about it in the book last year. From that point forward, Okada has sold everything out with the exception of last year's Wrestle Kingdom. So you have two super hot wrestlers who have been kept apart um, from each other. And I think that what they did two years ago, which was kind of smart, which a lot of people knocked, but they had no long-term um, no long-term uh, vision on this, is when Naito had that first very brief uh, title run when he won the what he went in at New Beginning and lost it at oh no or did he win it I forget what show he won it at yeah, but yeah, he, Dominion he was one of them <laughs> that's all I know yeah I don't he remember he lost it back at Dominion right he lost it back at Dominion I'm pretty sure that that's when yeah that's when Okada started did the he win it in which, attack forgot, and losing it to yeah, I forgot where he won it maybe yeah I'll, I'll, I'll fire it up just to make sure yes because Okada beat Goto at New Beginning right painted up Goto and then he lost to Naito at Invasion attack, and then he won it back from Naito at Dominion. I think that's the order that. Uh, yep, invasion attack. Naito defeated Okada, and then yeah, he lost it back at, at Dominion six nineteen. So, so what that what that sh- what that short title run did was established that Naito can beat Okada. Rich, who has who has beaten Okada since? Right. I mean, the list is very short. It's a few scant G one losses. You know, you're talking about Okada. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, you're talking about Omega uh, in the G1, Evil in the G1, and that's it for the most part. And whoever he lost to in the G1 the year before, I, I, I don't, you know, I can't remember. Um, but, uh, but you know, he's, he's steamrolled through the rest of the roster and his title defenses, and they gave people a taste of Naito as champion. And there was a lot of people saying at the time that they cut Naito off, they're screwing him and all this and that. And that was such total nonsense. He's hotter now than he was then. It was so much, uh, you know, it, they've, they've peaked him now. He, he wasn't peaking then. That was just the beginning of, of his push. Now he has peaked. People are hungry for it. And as a promoter, what you want to do is you don't necessarily want to always give the people what they want right away. You want to make them hungry for it. And they're hungry for Naito right now, which is why this match is selling so many tickets. Right, and there's a very delicate balance of doing that. Not everybody can, and, and case in point, we talked a little bit last week, or we, we kind of ran out of time, so we couldn't talk too much about it. Uh, ROH Final Battle, Dalton Castle was a guy that people were ready for him to win, and this used to be a game thing back in ROH too, where, where guys are ready to win and, and fans are ready for that guy to win. And then they, it takes like a year. It's another year and a half or whatever until that guy eventually wins or whatever. And the bloom is off the rose at that point. With the with the Naito thing, people argue that, what? oh, well, it's over. And da, 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 da. But they were smart enough to go, no, no, no. It's going to be that much bigger if we make you wait a little bit longer. And it coincided not with a bunch of shit happening with the title in between. It coincided with Okada on his dominant run. And I think that plays a huge part in it as well. It wasn't like Naito lost the title, Okada won it back, and then you know Okada traded it with a bunch of different people and all that sort. Okada was on a run of, of unprecedented run. We're going to talk about it here in a little bit. And, and Naito didn't do anything wrong necessarily. He just lost the title and then couldn't get a hold of Okada because Okada has been on such a monumental run. So it was building, building, building that way where now it's like, all right, I finally got you. I've proven before I can beat you. Well, now here we go. It's, it's your great run against me. I'm on one of my best runs ever. You're, you, you know, you haven't been defeated by anybody in a while. I'm the last guy to really get you or whatever. And, and that's yeah. what you do. You build it up. And again, like it takes a lot of persistence to do that. It takes a lot of balls to say, no, no, no. We're going to wait another year to give you what really you, you, you think you want now, but you're going to want it so much more in a year. And that's what they did. And, and again, I, I can't credit enough the making Okada dominant in that run too. Cause I think it would lose a little bit of some of steam. I think it would lose a little something. Oh, if he had Okada. traded the title with yeah, Omega if or if, if Omega had a run for two months. Yeah. Cause then Naito's on the outside. Like, well, what about me? Like, where, where do I go? But Naito's not on the outside looking at Naito's been there the whole damn time. It's just Okada has been on another level. 
Well, now, again, like we saw it, when Naito does beat him, and, and, and I think you and I both think that's going to happen, we'll talk about it and, and kind of put our official predictions on later, but when it eventually happens, it's like, dude, Naito just knocked off this guy that was on the greatest championship run of all time. Like, how much is that going to help him? Exactly. That's that? the thing. This this super dominant run that everyone's been that's not everyone that some people have complained about about Okada is only going to serve to help Naito anyway, because he's going to be the one to end it. Now, if Naito does, I think it would be very dangerous for Okada to win, because I think at that point you risk what you just talked about. Yes. That oh, is off the rose, or you piss people off, and at that point they're tired of waiting. Right. Even and, if he wins it at Sakura Genesis, or he wins it two months right. later, it's like no, it might be too late. Had the chance and blew it. Yeah. This seems to be the time to do it. I think it would be a very dangerous booking move for Okada to win. Um, you know, I'd have to get a feel for how it all shook out afterward to see how the crowd reacts and that sort of thing. But my gut tells me it'd be a very bad decision for Okada to win. I think the time is now for Naito. I think Naito should win. And I think Naito should have, I think 2018 should be for Naito what 2017 was Okada. The big year, because we're going to look back at Okada's 2017 as the trademark year of his career, the best year of his career, uh, the career that the the year that all of his other years are compared to, a year that all other wrestler great years are compared to. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think I think it's on that level too. I mean, we could say it it's is. his best. It's it's no doubt uh, undoubtedly his best year, but I think it it reached. It's the one of the greatest of, singular years of that any. Right, it's going to be one of those ones that we're going to list off, like you know, Flair '89, no Danielson '06. Those are the ones that kind of yep. come to the top of my mind. Yeah. Of those ones where you immediately you just say the name and the year and everybody goes, yep, mm -hmm. that was that was you know that was that year whatever Flaherty nine like that was no doubt his year and no doubt his best year and no doubt one of the better wrestler years of of all time and the guy just absolutely and the thing about Okada is he did it on both ends he didn't just have a phenomenal bell to bell year but he also had a phenomenal business year. You know, it's like in 2006, Brian Danielson did not have a phenomenal business year. He was right, working right, in Ring right. of Honor and drawing 500 fans to shows. Well, Flair 89 is a great example, too. Or Flair 89. The, I the mean, company's was, crumbling behind him, but, you know, he, yes. he's going out there and killing it. The, the, that's the dirty secret about the steam the, the Steamboat Flair feud is it didn't draw. So it's like, but Ric Flair had this phenomenal bell-to-bell and creative year in 89, you know, the steamboat stuff transitioning the into the, the flare, uh, into the uh, funk stuff. And, 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 but, but this is a total package. There have never been others. Kenta Kobashi, uh, 2006, I want to say it was, and there's been some others, as well. but this, this is, this is why I say, this is one of the great, <coughs> excuse me. This is one of the great singular, wrestling years that anyone has ever had. And I, and, 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 and I think that the, the, the deck has been set for Naito to do the same next year because he's so hot coming in. He's going to beat this super hot champion. And then he's got all those fresh title matches in front of him. Uh, and, and look, I have no doubt that Naito will draw just as well, if not better than Okada in 2018. So, but you know, this will be his opportunity and it'll be put up or shut up time at that point too. You know, and we'll see if all of these t-shirt sales and, and all of, and all of this, uh, all of these merch sales and those sorts of things do translate into tickets. I think that they will. He's done very well on the, on the, uh, secondary, the B shows that he had, that he has headlined. Um, but you know, it's a whole new ball game when you're top. So, um, but, but personally, I think that he will succeed in the role.
Yeah, I do too. And it's all about sustainability. I mean, you can pop a few numbers here and there, but if it's, is he something that, you know, after, you know, in June and July and in September, are people still going to be very interested in, in, in his run and very interested in his character? I 100% think that they will, but, you know, that'll be the test. It, it, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't doubt that, that he is the going only, to, but we'll find out. I mean, it, it's the only it's, question that's why, you, that's why you do this. It, it, and the only question and the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause is his character is a whiner. His whole gimmick is that he's a complainer and that he feels like he's always wronged. And, you know, he bitches and complains and he whines and he rages against the machine and he's anti the office and all of those things. But if he has the title and he's the main eventer, then what is the impetus for the gimmick? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm, like, yeah, it's going to have to change. He's going to have to evolve with it. And, and, and I feel like they've he's sort only of the title around a few times. And that's going to be his thing for a few months as he throws the title around. He doesn't care. He kicks it or whatever. But, but that's I mean, dangerous because if, yeah. if he doesn't care about it, then why should we care about mm-hmm. it? I agree. And that's why he, he's going to only be able to do that. There's a shelf life to the I don't give a shit that I have this title thing because then you sort of project to the crowd. Why, well, why do we give a shit that he has this title thing where where it was such a they, they were able to so align that Okada, this was his life, this title. And it made the fans say, OK, when when this title is being defended, we have to be here because this is an important moment or whatever so yeah they do risk that so there's going to be an evolution to his character there has to be yeah, and, and i think that they've and i think they've sort of set the table for it um there's been far less interference in lij matches there's been far less heel tactics they still do heelish things they'll blow mist in people's faces um Naito will attack people from behind you know on the ramp to set up singles matches but you don't see these constant run-ins you don't see he's kind of toned down his interviews to the effect where he still goes after Kadani sometimes. He still goes after management. He still goes after Okada as being a golden boy and those sorts of things. But he has also sort of pivoted to making WWE the enemy in his promos, especially in the lead up to Wrestle Kingdom. Why are we always talking about that other company? We should be talking about this company uh, and and what happens here mattering and yeah. this making this the number one company. And, and that's a great that's pivot. That's a bit of a pivot because – No, it's a great one too. Because the original idea would that the original Naito in this gimmick would never have said that good things about New Japan. The whole idea is that he was anti New Japan, mm-hmm. and because he felt like he wasn't getting opportunities and he whined about it. The whole impetus of his character before was was he he was a guy who wasn't good enough, who was now taking shortcuts, and and he was oblivious to the fact that it was his own shortcomings were the reasons that he didn't win, were the reasons that he was voted out of main events. That was the whole idea behind the Lij thing, at least the Lij Japan thing that he stole from Mexico, not stole, I don't mean that in a negative way. Borrowed. That he, <laughs> borrowed from, that he took when he went to Mexico. Uh, now it's sort of pivoted a little bit and he's he doesn't totally be, and I think that's vital. You can't, he can't be this rage against the machine sort of anti-authority, I don't care about the company I work for guy if he's representing them as champion. It won't work. Yeah, and, and I like the pivot too. I like the idea that then you can sort of, he doesn't necessarily have to be the, the I don't want to say that like the flag bearer of New Japan or Mr. Company guy or whatever, but can be more of like, hey, look, I'm a big deal. I'm, a, you know, I'm the title holder of this big deal, you know, and we're too busy worried about this or we're doing this or we're going to America. Like, and there's a way where he can rally, you know, maybe in a way rally, the, you know, the Japanese base. And, and there might be a thing where maybe he gets a little annoyed that we're worrying about America so much or that Chris Jericho comes back or, or Kenny Omega is getting this pub or this sort of stuff where, where I think there's a way where you can sort of finesse it and make it work a little bit where it's not necessarily that he's for the company, but he's he's for his own pride and he's for people responsible respecting what he's done and where he's at in the pecking order of the company without necessarily throwing the title around, kicking it, being disrespectful, you know, talking shit about Kidani, but a way where you can sort of caress it a little bit. Because I think you don't want to lose the edge completely. Because then you get back to, you know, 
the, the, the yeah. whatever we had with Naito before, which was just yeah. nothing. There was just absolutely nothing. Which was it. never going to be a top guy, right? You, which was star, the Golden Star does, or whatever the hell the Stardust. It was it was terrible. It just there was nothing to it. it they tried it was just a generic guy, and nobody cared about it. Yeah, and it's like you're right. You can't lose the edge completely, though. Like, and but the belt tossing either has to not happen or has to go quickly. It, you can't keep up with stuff like that. When he was Intercontinental Champion, it worked. Because, of course, the impetus there was, ah, what is this? I want the big yeah, title. Yeah, this is the secondary title. This title sucks. They're I don't just, want this title. Yeah, and like, and he would, like, when he was in the U.S. title tournament, he said the same thing. He's like, I don't know what this thing is or what it's going to mean, but I guess they're making me fight for it. And that's okay, too. You know what I mean? And then he got knocked out in the first round anyway, and he could shrug his shoulders and say, ah, I didn't want it. There's only one title I want. But now that he has that title. Right, the one he wants. It's now, now you've wanted it, so now you want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah the so one that says, want it. are the top guy, this is where you wanted to get. You beat the company, you beat the company, Golden Boy. You had in the main event of the biggest show, you got everything you wanted. If you're still complaining, to me, that loses something. And, and, and it, so you're right, but he has to retain the edge. And I think that's the way to do it. Rally against the U.S. expansion. Uh, rally against Chris Jericho. Rally against Kenny Omega. And they've already planted seeds for the Omega feud. Sure. I mean, they've been mm-hmm. doing that. Oh, that's um, so, yeah, that's so, yeah, I, I think you're going to have to see the Naito character and LIJ continue to pivot. And I think that um, maybe at some point down the line, I don't think immediately it wouldn't be the worst thing to have one of his guys turn on him. Um, that might be something for later 2018. That might be something even for 2019. But, um, you know, either Evil or Sonata, take your pick. I think I think it would be wise at some point, uh, you know, to, to freshen things up eventually by having one of – and you're going to want to elevate those guys anyway. And that would be a natural next step. But that's a conversation for another day. But, uh, yeah, he should win the match. Uh, I firmly believe that would be the right decision. I think it'd be very dangerous for Okada to win the match. Um, Rich, we didn't talk about format for this show. Do you want to give predictions and move on to the next match, or do you? Uh, have yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's. I think what, what might be the good the good way to do predictions is what what do we think is going to happen and what do we want to happen? How about that? Because okay. I think those are yeah, two, that's, that's in fun. some cases yeah, are, 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 those are two different things. With this match, I yeah. want Naito to win, and I think Naito's going to win, and Naito should win. Is is kind of where I'm going here. I, I think you're exactly the same as well. I'm the same. I think he should win, and I want him to win. I think that it's um. It's it's it, it's the right call all around, and I think it would be very risky to do otherwise. All right, let's move on to uh, Omega and Chris Jericho here. Now, this is uh, you know being billed as the double main event, which has got some people a little upset. But as as we've sort of talked about from the moment that this thing came on, is is this is a main event for the American audiences? And somebody uh, somebody's really cool on Twitter, and I, again, I, I feel bad that I can't get credit because somebody did screenshot this. That if depending on what language you choose or or, or how you enter NewJapanWorld.com, if you enter as English, this is the first match that comes up. This is the match that says, "Hey, Russell Kingdom Twelve is, is coming up or whatever," and it's Omega Jericho. But if you're in Japanese, it's okay. And that's exactly what they're doing here. And for people that still don't understand or feel slighted or feel this is 100%, whether you like it or not, they're, they're, this is geared towards that American audience. And I can tell you, I have numerous friends, numerous friends that are, are, are planning on watching the show that would have never watched the show if this match wasn't announced. They admit, When this thing came on, when that angle happened, they said, what is Wrestle Kingdom? Where can I watch it? This looks interesting. I want to find out about it. And the goal at the end of the day, whether, again, whether you like it or not, is that you're going to check out Omega Chris Jericho. And you're going to say, oh, that's cool, Chris Jericho. And it's going to be whatever it is. We'll talk about the match here in a little bit. But the goal that New Japan has is that you're going to come for Omega Jericho and you're going to stay because that Okada Naito is going to kick ass. And the rest of the show is going to kick ass. And that person that may have never watched New Japan before is going to say, holy shit, 
there's a lot of good stuff here. They have English commentary, very accessible. I go on this website. I pay nine, you know, a little under nine bucks a month or whatever. This is pretty cool. I like this. I'm staying. That's all there is. Like people that I don't understand how it's still this, this thing that people don't understand and people are scared and, oh, they're ruining, you know, Puro and oh my God, they, what are you, t- this is so clearly obvious what they're doing here. And you should want this to have because the goal is to get more fans. Yeah. The goal is to, to, to expand. I mean, it, it, it's it's so simple. And I know most logical people get it, but there's still so many people that are just just completely, they're, they're, they're gatekeeping. It's like, no, 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 I don't want more people watching this. I don't, I, I don't want new fans. I don't want this or whatever. Well, why the hell not? More people that get, it, it, I, I want more podcasts listen. So I, I hope a lot of people watch this for the first time ever and find us. Yeah, or, or find that's us, for sure. Buy the ebook or do all that sort of shit. I mean, yeah, I want this. It's, it's, it's nuts to not want this. It also gives Naito something to complain about. You know, and, and which we just talked about. The guy needs things to complain about. He's a complainer. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, it, but the thing about it is I think anyone at this point who doesn't think Jericho has had interest to the show is lost or they're just being stubborn. Um, you know, he's got the number one shirt at Hot Topic now, which, I mean, look, if you're buying that shirt, <laughs> you're aware of what he's doing on the 4th. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's so, so right there, that, that should tell you something. Um, it's, you know, anecdotally, you know, we've heard stories of people who bought tickets to the show once this match was announced. Um, and to me, it, you just coming off of the two angles, just on a, on the completely unscientific voices of wrestling buzz meter um, this match has garnered more buzz in the West than Okada Naito has. It just has. Um, I don't know that the show has... I, I know that this show doesn't have the same level of buzz that it has now without the presence of Chris Jericho. Is that fair to say? Um, I think it's it's been... It, it, it has worked. I, I, I can't call it a home run until we see how the New Japan World subscription numbers shake out. Um, but I have a feeling this is going to be a home run. And I also have a feeling, Rich, and we touched on it last week, but I wanted to get more in-depth this week. I personally don't think it's a one-and-done for him. Um, I think the fact that his T-shirt isn't – that he can't keep the T-shirt on the shelves and the fact that the angles have garnered a tremendous amount of buzz, I think that uh, Jericho's a smart guy. He's got the right dates open in his, in his uh, Fozzie schedule and those sorts of things. There's more business to be done here. And I don't think a guy like Chris Jericho is going to leave that on the table and is going to let him leave that on the table without a fight, which is why I think this is not a one and done. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I, I, I'm still on the one and done just because of it just it's hard to predict with Jericho. You never know what that guy's going to do. Like you said, he, he's a very smart businessman. He's very, you know, every move he makes is very calculated. Every move he makes is, is, is for the betterment of his career and 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 his, you know, his bank account too. I mean, he doesn't fuck around with that. He he makes sure that what he's doing um, matters and that, you know, when he joins a company that that he's going to be featured and he's going to be important or whatever. More and more as I'm saying this angle go on, I, I still do think it's a one and done just because I, I, I have trouble visualizing, you know, how he comes back or, or what exactly he does. But more and more as I'm seeing it go on and more and more as I see really 
the delight in his face. The delight, the, like, this guy enjoys what he's doing in New Japan too. You know what I mean? Like he's really sunk his teeth into this. And and that's again a thing that Jericho always does when he's going to do something when he's really passionate about it. You can tell. And, and and for the most part, a lot of his WWE returns, he's he's been very passionate. There's been some where you could tell he was just kind of sleepwalking through it, getting through Mania, and then getting out of there. This one, I mean, you can just sense from from his overall tone. Um, you can sense, like you said, from the hot topic sales or whatever, that this is working and this is working a lot creatively. It, it, and and it depends how the match goes. But if the match is is is, is a success as well, and the Japan world sells you know a bunch of subscriptions, and there's obviously a notable buzz afterwards, then I, yeah, I mean, I, I could see it happening. And I think I think what you brought up is that even if Jericho doesn't ha- necessarily have it in his mind right now that hey, I'm coming back or whatever, your idea that that New Japan is not going to let him walk away. The New Japan is going to say, all right, look, like, you know, look at those numbers are going to see the North American hits and go, all right, we need to get this guy back for Dominion. We need to get this guy back for King of Pro Wrestling. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Get him back at some point, And that's going to be the real impetus. So it's going to be really interesting to see how big the subscriptions are, how big the buzz is at that time and see if it's if it's Jericho that wants to come back or if it's New Japan that doesn't let you know that that needs him to come back. That really drives him to come back or whatever, because I, I, I agree. I think he is smart enough to know what's the best business for him. And it's hard to argue with what the business has been so far with him. So I'm still on the one and done just because I, I, I don't know how it fundamentally works with him coming back. But I'm less I, I'm wavering on that a little bit as I'm seeing the success that's been built up so far uh, with this entire angle and with Jericho's. I mean, those shirts, I mean, that, that's that's a real thing, too. I mean, th- those things are flying off the shelves at Hot Topic. And, and that's 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 not I mean, the, the young bucks have, have built a business model on that, too. And, and, and like you said, Jericho's not an idiot. He knows that he sees that. I, I think the deal's done. I think. He knows he's coming back. I think they have angles set up, and this is not. I'm just. This is not me. I don't know anything. This right. is my personal. Yeah, we, we don't. Yeah, for full disclosure, we have no clue. I mean, that's. I want to be clear. I don't. That's why we're disagreeing on this. Like, I wouldn't be an yeah. idiot to argue yeah. just to argue. We have no clue. So, my gut tells me that the deal is done. I think he beached. I think he wins the match at Wrestle Kingdom, and I think they do another. Maybe they do um, uh, two more matches. Right. Um, well, if he I, wins, it's a more lock. He comes back, right? Like, there's no way he well, wins and never comes back. I mean, then then it's a hundred percent lock. He's coming back at some point. Well, yeah, and I and I think he's going to win. I think he's winning the match, and I do think that they're they're at least going to do at minimum one more match. I do believe that. Um, and I I think uh yeah I think uh I I think they recognize how hot it is and um it's for the title, so um. You know he's going to win the title, I think, and then Kenny's going to have to win it back at some point. I, I don't think he'll like spend the whole year with the company. He's certainly not doing the G one, but <laughs> I think he'll be. But look, here's the thing. You know, for the U.S. show, if if you get if 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 this match at Wrestle Kingdom is a hot match, as hot as the angles have been, and Jericho wins. And they come out of this, and it's and the match has a lot of buzz. I mean, they're selling out Long Beach. Would you agree with that if Jericho's on that show? <sighs> yeah, if, well, I, if let, they let announce me... Jericho for that show, I mean, that's gonna sell out. It's it's an instant sellout. Oh no, 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 no doubt. Yeah. If this, you know, so what are the dates I think that? they have you double checked those dates for the. He's the got that. From what I understand, that's an open date. Okay, so we got March twenty fifth. So yeah, he's got. Um, so he's got the 16th doing Fozzie, and then he takes off until the 29th. Yeah, okay. This is what I'm saying. It's a, he's got there's, this there's is what I said there. before. Yeah, there's a pretty large gap between the 16th and the gap, and there's not the many other gaps, gaps on his tour. Up. 
Yeah, yeah, because you got you. So you got he starts March twenty seventh with the Fozzie tour. This is terrible that we have to go for Fozzie tour. But we have to do this. This is what we do. So he starts March twenty oh, seventh yeah. with the Fozzie tour. That that runs until, as I said, the sixteenth. Then no shows from the sixteenth until the 29th, and then the 29th, he kicks it back off. Uh, he, he can work the the U.S. Yeah. show. Yeah. And and if if it, that's why hmm. I say this is not a one and done. I I think that the the plan is to get him on that show. Which would be the greatest. I mean, like you said, your original point when I was kind of going over the schedule there. I mean, that's that's a no doubter. Like, because there's been a little concern about okay, what's well, on a Sunday, and you know, it's a few weeks before Mania, and it's it's a, kind of a weird. But if you announce Jericho defending that United States title on that, plus show, whatever you're doing with Naito, whatever right. you're doing with Okada, whatever you're doing with Tanahashi, that's a no doubter. That's I think they've learned. Yeah, I think they've learned from their mistakes from last year. I think they underestimated how well they can do last year by running the 2000 seat building. And I think they overestimated the value of your Billy guns and your, and your people like that. And, and, <laughs> how dare you? And, and I, I think they understand better now, um, you know, and, and, and so I think they'll do um, because they drew a, a, a crowd that came to see new Japan. And I, I think they weren't so sure what they were going to draw last year. So I think the mindset will be a little different. Um, but I, yeah. So in terms of, and and look, I love that it's no DQ. My biggest concern when they announced the match before the angles was Jericho trying to keep up with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega sure. going out there trying to have a seven-star match. I'm not sure. Now, there, I'm not saying it's a lock that Jericho wouldn't be able to do that with Omega, but there's some concerns that he wouldn't because he's had some wet farts over the last few years. I think he's been a little better than people give him credit for, but he's also had some spots where he hasn't been great. Yeah, there was an AJ Styles match uh, you know, last year or two years yes, ago that was just correct. like everybody was like oh here we go jericho styles and it was just there it was just kind of a match and, yeah, and i mean the yeah. guy's almost 50 you know yeah. and and it's um but but i think that when you put the no dq in there and now that you've set the stage for a bloodbath for a brawl for a fight um i i think this match this is also going to be a weird match where it's being marketed for one hemisphere it's also the kind of match that might work for one hemisphere and not work for the other hemisphere. I can totally see this being a match that that doesn't get great reactions in the dome, but American fans watching for the first time love it. Um, I, I could see that occurring. Um, I think they have their work cut out for them winning over the dome crowd with that style of match, but it is Omega. He's more popular in Japan than, than I think a lot of people want to give credit for. All the attentions on Okada and Naito, of course, but Omega's very popular too. Um, he's been positioned as the baby face. And um, you know, I, I you know, it, it it's this to me is the most fascinating match because I first of all, I think the it's a it's a coin flip in terms of who will win. Uh, because it all depends on what Jericho's given him for the future. And, and I think we disagree on who we think is going to win as well, which is cool. I mean, that that's yeah. you know, for the semi-main event. You and I can legitimately make arguments for each person winning. <laughs> and like, yeah. and, and I believe what I believe and you believe. And that, that's cool. That's awesome. Like, I'm going and to, I th- like, and, I have and, no and, doubt in the main event. I have zero. And the only thing that in the main event would be, it would be a stunning, shocking turn of events if Okada won. But this is one that I legitimately, I'm like, all right, let's go. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I will say, I will say, I'm not 100% on Naito. Would it stun you if he takes three straight Rainmakers and loses? I mean, I'd be surprised, but would you be completely um, and utterly shocked? I wouldn't be. Yes, yeah, stunned might not be there, but I'd be. I'd be very, very be surprised. surprised. Yeah, <laughs> like as is the, the, okay, a, can a I ask you this? stunned. Yeah, <laughs> can I ask you? To, can I ask you to poke the bear a little? 
Yeah. Is there part of you that wants to see it just for the oh, meltdowns? Yes. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yes. I want to see it for. I, there's a part yes. of me that wants to see it for the meltdowns. I'm like, not gonna I, lie. I, I to the win, but like, yeah, the 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 idiot in me that's like just gonna have one hand on the on the on the phone ready. <laughs> if he to that watch the one, two, three, and then I just hit that home button and just go, all right, let's do this. Let it come, <laughs> let it happen. I mean, there's part of me that wants to see that, but but I mean, yeah, but I'm 99% sure yeah, no, no. winning. But it's like, but the other thing it is not only is the winner up in the air, the match quality, I think, could vary great. Yeah, it's polarizing. It, it, it could end up being a very polarizing match, like you said. It could be a thing where, or where... it could just be flat out terrible. Yeah, or oh, it yeah. could be, or it could be fucking great. <laughs> right. That's why this is the most fascinating match on the card to me. In terms of, I cannot wait to see where the dust settles on this thing. I think a really shitty match that's a bad match and gets over like a wet fart can kill the deal. Because why would you want to bring him back at that point? Sure. Right. Um. So it's it it really is fascinating. Anyway, you know where I'm going with this. I think Jericho is winning, and I want Jericho to win because I think it'll be more interesting moving forward for the first quarter or first half of the year to see what the company does if Jericho's in the mix. I like that because it's newsworthy, it's interesting, and it's fun. So I'm rooting for Jericho, and I think he's going to win anyway. For me, I think Omega's going to win, but I want Jericho to win, and I want him to win because I do want him to come back, and I think the story works so much better, as you said, that if if Omega loses that time, because if Omega wins, it's just kind of like, all right, cool, that was the end of the Jericho thing, that was kind of fun or whatever, then there's really not a good way to bring Jericho back. Then, you know what I mean? Like, there's not anything that you could do that would really make sense, and Omega just kind of goes on his merry way, and then what do you do with that guy? He's just kind of like, you know, he just can Omega defend the world, you know, the United States title? It'd be so much more interesting if Jericho goes out there after and and I think what's pretty interesting is the build has been very much Jericho's had the upper hand on, on Omega time and time again or whatever and I think it would be a, a pretty you know shocking result if Jericho just goes in there and then beats him again and then Omega's really got to rethink everything that he does and Omega's really got then sort of a you know a, a plan ahead of him and he's got at least a journey ahead of him if he wins it's just like all right cool well, I beat Jericho that's cool that he came and he beat me up a few times and, and bloodied me or whatever that's what I think is going to happen but I really hope I really really do hope that Jericho does win and does it in, in, in somewhat convincing fashion. Obviously, I want there to be a good back and forth. I want Omega to, to put up a fight. But I would like it a lot better if Jericho goes there and, and in the end, you know, wins valiantly or whatever, wins, you know, you know the, the, a war of attrition or whatever. And then now it's up for Omega to, to figure out, okay, what's his next step? How is he going to get revenge? How is he going to yeah. get back at Jericho? And then you're guaranteed at least, like you said, a few more months of intrigue, a few, another big show coming up where Jericho's booked. And, you know, the G1 special in, in, in Long Beach or whatever, where that, not the G1 special, but, you know, the, the show in Long Beach and yeah. how fun yeah. that could be if he's booked on there. There's just so many more interesting angles that happens if Jericho wins because I fear that if Omega wins, it's just like that's it. You know what I mean? Like Omega won, he defended his title, Jericho goes on his merry way with hopefully a few more subscriptions under their belt and, and that's kind of it. And that's that to me is a is kind of a lackluster story where if Jericho wins, there's so much more that can happen and so many more angles that everybody and, can go in. Yes, and it gives Omega a whole new layer because now he can't just be this six-star chasing match of the year uh, goofball. He kind of has to to overcome this foe. Mm-hmm. He has to dig deep and show an edge. Like he couldn't do it in the fight. He can do it when it's a, a showcase right. and when he's you know he can have great matches, but he can't win a fight. Right, and, and that's so cool. That, that's a really fun angle. Yeah. Whereas if he just wins, then it's like okay, he, he can have great matches and he wins fights. It's like all right, well now what's next? Like right. I just always look at what's the next thing, and I know that Gato's thinking about that. Jericho. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent a better story because there's the, the what's next for Omega is is boring if he wins here. It's like and, all right. And, and, then, this you know. is the other thing. The other thing you can't discount is Jericho is very good friends with Gato and Jado. 
So if there is more business to be had, it's going to be easy. Look, these are his pals. You know, I just read an interview with Jado on the um, New Japan official site, a, a translated uh, English interview with Jado. He says he has dinner with Chris Jericho once a year. You know, these guys are all still friends. They came on his podcast last year. You know, so, um, you know, there's there's a a um, personal relationship here along with the business relationship. You know, all of these things to me add up to this is not the end of Chris Jericho in New Japan. Yeah, I hope not. So I, my official prediction is I think Omega, but I want Jericho. I really do want Jericho. Uh, there, let's move on to the Intercontinental Championship match. You have Hiroshi Tanahashi defending his title against Jay White. Switch played Jay White, who's gotten the better of Tanahashi so far. Tanahashi's going in with a injury, quote unquote injury. Well, uh, whether the, the veracity of that injury, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out on this night. But uh, what are your thoughts on this match? I think this is one, again, that people are, are, are really unsure about, and, and I'm kind of unsure about as well. I think the result is Jay White wins. Uh, I would hope that Jay White wins, but I think it'll be interesting to see how, how this is played. And and really for me, what I'm most looking at and I'm most intrigued about is how does Jay White rise to the occasion? Does he rise to the occasion? And is it a great match? I mean, this is a huge spot. We talked about it last week. I mean, undoubtedly, far and away, not even a question. No no contenders, the biggest match of, of Jay White's career. And Tanahashi is a great guy to be in, you know, the other side of the ring is, but it, it takes two to tango. So Jay White's got to deliver here. And and I think he can, but I don't know that he can. And that's going to be what, what we're going to find out uh, on, on January 4th. I like your idea. I like a squash here. I think that's the best way to go. I think Jay White should go in there and obliterate him. Yeah, target the knee. Just... Beat down the knee, go, and, beat down and, just, the yeah. knee and just murder him and win in six minutes and make a statement and then put his, his boot on his chest and stand there with the title, drop that silly dog tag or whatever it is that he does, the blade, whatever it is, and, and on top of his and just and just obliterate him, make a star in one fucking night. I mean, that's the goal of this match anyway, right? To make a star. They, they want to make this. So then go all the way with it. You're not going to harm. Hiroshi Tanahashi by doing that. He's Hiroshi Tanahashi. And you're giving him the out that he was injured. So you can do matches later on if he wants to get his revenge. He squashes Tanahashi. Tanahashi goes away for a while, takes a break. Jay White does some defenses against whoever, you know, throws some people in his way. He beats them all. Tanahashi comes back at Dominion or Invasion Attack or name insert show here. Goes nose to nose at him, tells him he's healthy, and then you have Tanahashi get his win back, and Jay White wins the third match. I mean, that's keep it simple, you know that that's your year for Jay White. That's your year for Tanahashi, and that's how you make Jay White a star, you know. And and the rematch, ha- the rematch down the line would 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 have some uh, juice behind it because the idea being the only reason Tanahashi was beat, defeated so easily was because of the injury and now he's healthy. Right, which is why I think they've been pushing it so hard and why it's yes. been so focused. Again, like, yeah, you know, Dave was reporting it as a legit injury that he's not getting surgery on it. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it last week. I mean, Hiroshi Tanahashi has, has made uh, quite the living the last five years on milking injuries going into big matches or whatever. And, and, and look, we're not saying he's not hurt. No, I don't know. Yeah, but but playing it up. I mean, there's a, skeptical. Exactly. And, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have bangs and bruises and his knee yeah. hurts. Like I, I fully believe that his knee probably hurts, but I think when you make it so obvious and so known and, and it becomes a focal point for your matches that you're, you're saying, Hey, look, I got a little bit of a tender knee, but let's play this up. Like I have a little bit of a limp, but that's fine. Let, let's make this something. I mean, this guy's a worker. It's pro wrestling people. Like, you know what I mean? Like these guys go and, 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 and try to enhance 
injuries and, and, and overinflate injuries for the sake of, of, a, of a, you know, telling a story or whatever. And I think that's absolutely what he's doing here. I don't doubt that his knee probably hurts. I, I'm just, I'm skeptical as, as bad as it is or whatever. And we'll see after the match. I think a, the, the, no doubt the best thing you can do here, and it doesn't need to be a great, you know what I mean? Like there's enough on the show where it does not have to be a knockout drag out match where if you want to build a star in one night, and I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. And, and you sort of alluded to Joe White goes in there and he just methodically beats Tanahashi down and, 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 and just, puts him away and like you said there, then we build up we have that future match Tanahashi can say hey look you got me when my knee was hurt well now I'm healthy let's do this again or whatever and then Jay White's got a real big challenger in, in, in front of him or whatever and then that's that's a great story to tell because again if Tanahashi wins and we talked about this with the Omega Jericho what's the next step for these guys where does Jay White if Tanahashi goes in there and beats Jay White what the hell's the next step for Jay White he looks like a goof yeah. he challenged him he got knocked down Okay, I guess he can work his way back up, but that's not as cool of a story. No, that's not how you make a star. No, this is the easy. You have a chance to do it here, you know. And there's no guarantee that it gets over. I think no, that's no, no. It could be, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I, I think you have a better chance if he beats him. But yeah, there's yeah. a chance that people completely, you know, shit on it and think it's garbage. And and Jay White's, you know, uh, you know, always sort of sort of saddled with this. It, but this is a lot like the Asuka thing we talked about a few months ago. It's like Asuka goes in there and squashes Emma twice. There's no guarantee that she gets over as a killer, but you're giving yourself the best chance to get her over. Right, the better special. opportunity, the better play is is, is that. Versus. Correct, and and I and I agree with that here. And I and I I wouldn't do a 45 second squash. I would do like a five or six minute beatdown, where Tanahashi gets little to no offense. You know, he gets a couple little brief um, hope spots that immediately get cut off. And Jay White is just completely dominant because there's different kinds of squashes, right? There's the Magnum TA 605 squash where he goes in there, he gives a guy a belly to belly and he wins literally in five seconds. There's a, a, a Vader squash where he goes in there and beats the guy up for 90 seconds and, and concusses him or breaks his back. And, 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 and then there's the statement squash where it's a five or six minute dominant performance where you're beating around a dying mouse and then you put him away in emphatic fashion and you'll swagger walk out of there. That's what I want here. That's the kind of squash that I think would work best here. Do I think they're going to do that? I mean, probably not, but I think that would be the best way to go. Um, especially in terms of ensuring yourself the best opportunity to get Jay White over. There is uh, you know, I, I thought the angle at Cork and Hall was a good angle. I thought the fans responded well to it. Cork and Hall is a good judge of things, but it can also be an overrated judge of things because it is your most passionate fans. It is your most hardcore fans. They are going to react to things more passionately than some other fan bases are going to react to things. But Corkin did, but they can give you the pulse of your hardcore fan at minimum, and it did get over in Corkin. So I don't know. I, I guess a better question. Look, I think. We're both going to say that we think Jay White will win and we want Jay White to win. Is that fair to say? That's pretty much a uh, Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to ask you is, uh, gun to your head, does Jay White get over as a star? <sighs> right now, I, I kind of think no. I don't know why. I, and I, I don't doubt that he has the ability to do it, but I don't know that I really like the whole switchblade thing right now. So right now, I don't think so. I don't know. I just don't okay. see it. I can I, I, totally yeah. see where you're coming from because I'm yeah. about 50-50 on it. Um, he goes out here and kills it, and then, then it'll be a different story. But right now, as it speaks, like you said, gun in my head, yeah. I, I, no, I don't. I, I just I, I have, I have no I don't doubt like it right now. 
I have no doubt that he could be a great wrestler. I know that he's a great wrestler. Um, sometimes these gimmicks take a little while to for guys to get comfortable in them. We saw Evil was very awkward at first. Um, Hiromu didn't even have gear at first. Um, I'm about 50-50 on it. I could see it. I could see it falling on its. I could see it falling on its face, but I could also see him. I could also see a scenario where he becomes a megastar. I could, because he does have all the tools. Um, maybe it'll require a little bit of tweaking. I, I don't know. I I think you know it's a cop out answer because and it's an obvious answer, but I think we'll know a lot more after this match. I mean, sure. it's hard to tell because he hasn't been in a match. I haven't seen fans react to him. That's what I mean. We haven't match. seen it yet. We've seen him come out. We've seen him do some stuff or whatever. And a lot of it's been surprises or, you know, he comes out. We haven't seen the, you know, him walk down the ring, the bell ring, you know, him face off like him. We just have not seen that yet with him, with this character or whatever. So it's really tough to say. I mean, gun to my head, like you said, I would, I would say no right now, but I, like you said, it, could, it could 100% change if, if he goes out there and kills it on this night or whatever. And again, kind of a cop out there in the sense, but it's so hard to know because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it in action more than just a beatdown or whatever. But yeah, I, I think it's going to get no some tweaking. Them, I have no problem with them attempting this. No, go for it. Absolutely. This is what you do. I mean, this is what you got to do. This keeps the machine rolling. You got to keep trying to make stars. And this is an attempt to make one in one night. Um, I know that they can make stars methodically. I, I, we've seen them do it. Uh, there's no doubt about that anymore. Um, now let's see if they can do one in one night, you know, and, and, and look, this has been the plan. Look, you know, when this started, Rich, I'm going to tell you when this started. Okay. The David Finley feud. Yeah. The opening match feud. With oh, David we, said, Finley we said it at the time. We said it at the time. You can read our reviews. You can listen to our yeah. podcast. We said it at the time. Because David Finley won the first match. Right. And then Jay White won like the next seven or eight. And if you were paying attention to those matches, they were telling a little story there. It's like Jay White had surpassed him. Finley was getting progressively more frustrated that he couldn't figure this guy out and beat him, you know? And, and White was just blew by him, you know? And, and that was the story they were telling you with that. And, you know, that's why in this company, every result really does matter. And that's why I, it's easier for me to get invested in New Japan than it is in, in practically any other company because they really reward you for paying attention to everything. And what they were telling you at that time was this guy is on a different level than these other young lions. He has surpassed them. He is dominant over his peer, his tag team partner and his chief rival, his peer. He is dominant over him. Rich, did they tell you that story with Tanaka and Komatsu? No, those guys went 500. Remember they would right. alternate wins, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it finished with Komatsu with one more win than I think it was one. Yeah, it was. I forgot who it was, but somebody had one. I it believe, was Kamatsu, and, yeah. and they had like twenty tie, uh, draws. They had like twenty draws, and and Kamatsu had one more win. They never told you that one of those guys was dominant over the other. Um, with these two, they were they were peers. They were tag partners. Uh, they were they were they were, uh, and then they became rivals, and they had that rivalry. And Jay White blew right past him, and they were telling you this guy's special. Then he went away, comes back for the, the G1 shows, the G1 specials, scores the fall in both of his tags. The last time New Japan fans saw him, he was a young boy. Now he's scoring falls. Okay? And, he was, and, and if, if, if my memory serves, Komatsu and Tanaka were in those very same matches. But they're juniors. Okay? 
This guy they knew would be a heavyweight. He scores the falls in those matches. Again, they're showing you he was the star of the class. Everything they do matters. So that's when this started. That's when this began. They knew they were going to bring this guy back and immediately, immediately attempt to make an impact with him. And I have no problem with that. And this is fascinating to see if it works out. And for other reasons as well, I mean, you want him to be a star because, you know, again, the global expansion we talk about all the time. I mean, he is so huge to to the expansion in in the Australia, New Zealand, you know, that the, the Oceania so. region or whatever. And he's a guy they're going to want to. Do. So that's why I have no doubt that he's going to win. And I have no doubt that they're going to do everything they can to get him. To I, win. Whether it's going to work or not, we'll find out. But I don't think there's any scenario where he goes here, loses, and then just kind of like toils around in the lower mid cards. I mean, he they need him to be a star. They want him to be a star. An English speaker for the U.S. expansion. And you nailed the next point I was going to make. The Oceania expansion. Australia, New Zealand, Fale with the school down there that they have ties to. They did two rounds of tryouts, I believe, in, in Australia this year. You're going to see a more, both ways, you're going to see more of a New Japan presence in Australia this year. You're going to see Australian presence in, in, uh, in New Japan this year. Those things are coming. Okay, Jay White is from New Zealand. And he, again, if you have a star on your roster from that region, not some guy on the mid card or whatever. If you can go down there with Jay White as your Intercontinental Champion and one of the top pushed guys, you go down there with Fale, who's already established in 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 the region and has a square or anything. You have a leg up. So I think this Jay White thing has been planned for for uh, for years now, and I think that there is a an even deeper method to it than simply creating another star in New Japan proper. Uh, the fact that he's fluent in English, the fact that, that that he is from a region that they are very interested in taking over is very important to all this as well. So uh, just to, before we move on, uh, we both think Jay White's going to win. We both want Jay White to win, and we both think the, the best idea is for Jay White to win, correct? There is no other result. Yeah. If, if, if Tanahashi wins this match, it would rank with one of the dumbest booking decisions I've ever seen in my life, including everything Vince Russo has ever done. There, what is the argument for Tanahashi to win? I mean, I can't conceive one. The only way you can argue for Tanahashi to win is if they, if, if, is if the office has been watching the angles and they've said we've made a grave mistake. Jay White is not the guy. Right, we're gonna repack or we're gonna repackage him. This switchblade yeah. thing is stupid. Let's have him lose, go away for a little while. We'll, we'll bring yeah. him back. With He's not the guy. This isn't working. Abort mission. <laughs> Which That's is the, not really I what they do. That I mean, that, that would be unfathomable to me, but hey, you know. Because the, the, because the look, the, the initial angle where he came out got a mixed, got kind of a tepid response, but the Corican angle did okay. If that the did really good. Angle, there was a lot of hushes and oh no. Here, yes. like, they knew that dude came out and it was business right away. They knew who if he the was Corican and they knew he was going to fuck shit up. Right. If that angle had bombed, and I mean, you know when an angle bombs. If that angle had bombed, you can say, oh, I don't know. Maybe they're going to give up on this. Maybe they're going to repackage them like you say. Or maybe uh, maybe they'll say, oh, fuck it. Let's just go with Fale in this spot instead. Whatever. Okay? But I, I don't see that. I, that's not the read that I get. There's, there's no way that Tanahashi should or will win this. I can't, I can't see it. It would be incredibly stupid. 
All right, let's move on now to the four-way IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. We have Marty Scroll, the champion. It still seems kind of weird to <laughs> refer to him as the champion. I keep forgetting that he is the champion. Hiromu Takahashi, Kushida, and Will Ospreay. So now, Joe, we, we have been a little critical of, of the booking of this match, the fact that it's a four-way and not a singles match. And, and you and I both, we talked about it last week, and, and I still agree that any combination of these four guys in a singles match is better than the four-way. But at the end of the day, I still think they're going to go out there, you know, fourth match on the top. They're going to go out there and kill it. I still think it's going to be a good match. I just I'm a little disappointed because I think it could be better. But all in all, I, I I'm I'm really excited to see what these guys do. I'm really excited to see how much fun they have. And I'm really excited to see how it books and, and really how it goes down. I mean, for me, again, this is another result where I think it's it, it's very obvious where the results should go. But I don't know that I'm 100 percent confident they are going to do that. I think Hiromu should win this. I, I don't know if he is going to though. Where where do you stand on it? I'm going to differ from you a little. I think Hiromu will win because I think a lot of I think a lot of people are thinking too hard here. The obvious story is that Hiromu has been fighting and fighting to get this title shot. And he continued to get, you know, first Willow spray knocked him out. Then Marty broke his fingers. Then he came out there in the fucking MMA training gear to ensure that he didn't get knocked out again. And, and he finally got the match. So I think he'll win. I think that's the story they're telling. And that's the story they'll complete. I don't think he should win. I think Willow spray should win the match. Um, because I think that uh, the way that Skrull won the title from Osprey, the story that they're telling is he is he was the villain and he stole it. Mm-hmm. You know, with the shoulder being up and those sorts of things and Will's complaint. I think the better story is Osprey avenging that, winning the title from Skrull, and then defending against Hiromu at New Beginning. Um, that's what I would do. I think that's the better story. I'm rooting for Will Osprey. I think Hiromu will win. Okay, well that's interesting because I, because I, as far as the Hiromu thing, like if he doesn't win, wh- where's the trajectory of his career go then? In, I in think sense? it because... doesn't matter. Is if he's not involved in the fall, I don't think it matters. Okay, I, all right, and and that could be and that, and that could be a huge reason why we're doing this four ways because now you yeah. can protect a few guys here. You can, you know, a guy like Kushida who had his little run uh, this year with the title. I effectively put him as a kind of the fourth most important guy in this match. I, is that kind of where you would rank him as well? Me too, but I'm not so sure the company sees it that right. way. And, and that's, that's sort of my, my reservation here is about why I, I really don't feel comfortable with any one person predicting who it's going to be. For the reason that be, the four-way is nice because you can sort of well, Squirrel's people. not winning. Right, yeah. Squirrel, but, but, but you have Hiromo Kushida and Will Ospreay, and all, all those guys I think have an equal chance of coming away yeah. With the champion, with the title, and I think you have stories that you can tell with each of those. I think there's a reason why each of those could win. I, I think you know I, we sort of underrate how important Kushida is to them and that company. You know, he's the junior ace. He built his way up that way. You know, this year, you know, him winning that title for a lot of people was was, was a tremendous disappointment because it kind of stalled Hiromu's uh, momentum. And I 100 percent agree with that. I, I don't know why he won the title then, but they do, and they still think of him as that. They still think very highly of him. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are just completely writing him off, and I don't think you can do that right away. Like, I don't think he's going to win, but I don't think it's a zero percent chance that he comes away with this. You know what I mean? Like, to me, I I, I think the better story is Hiromu. I think Home Romu should win. I want him to win or whatever, but. There is chances for every one of those other guys. You you lay out the Osprey story there. There's a very good chance that we'll we could go in there and win this. I you know the Kushida story is just that he's Kushida. You know he's the junior ace. Like if somebody would kind of surprise and, and, and win this, it would be Kushida. And the Hiromu is like the easy story to tell. I think in a lot of ways because he's a guy whose momentum got stalled a little bit. But I could see it want you, you know when you want him to win this title, you want him to win it in a bigger moment. 
know what I mean? You want yeah, him to very definitively win it, and that's why maybe it works better if it goes to Kushida or Osprey. And those guys are, are transitional champions. Because I think at the end of the day, I think you and I both agree, and anybody listening to this and everybody watching New Japan knows that Hiromu as the junior as the ace of the juniors is it's going to happen eventually. It's just a matter of when you want it to happen. Fucking thing. I mean, I'm with you. The the Kushida redemption story thing sucked. Oh, it was terrible. It was stupid. Um, You know, it's it's to me Kushida's time is done. I I believe he had his time as the junior ace. He did a great job. I believe he successfully elevated the title. He even main evented some shows. Remember, he main evented that smaller show with uh, it was one of the September shows against. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so he clearly and then and then he was um in a in a in a a pushed position at Wrestle Kingdom against Hiromu. Kushida did his job and he did it successfully. He elevated the title uh, from where it was previously. And um, and more importantly, he set the deck for Hiromu to beat a powerful champion, which we talked about a few minutes ago with the main events. So, and to me, Kushida's time is done. That's how wrestling works. It's on to the next guy. You you do your job, and you get the next guy over. I'm done with Kushida. Yeah, I, I mentioned this in the ebook because I, I did his profile for the ebook. So, a little bit of a spoiler here, and I, we're gonna I'm gonna give you some details when we're done with this preview about the, the ebook that we have coming out. But my bio about him was essentially that he was just kind of in the way, you know what I mean? Like he's a guy yes. that was, he felt like a vestige from the old era. Like he felt like the, the, the previous generation, but he just won't go away. It's just like, all right, dude, we're, we're ready. Like there's all these new guys, there's a Romu and it's just like, cause she was just kind of there. And it, it, he's, he's just a roadblock for that next generation to get over and the next generation to, to sort of tell their story. And instead they keep going back to the same story that there's no new chapters being written. They're just going backwards in the book and going back to the old pages that they, they already wrote. And it's just like, well, you have this opportunity with Hiromu. You have this opportunity with a lot of these guys. Like Will Ospreay, is, you know, had the title for, for a month or whatever. But he's the guy you could have told a story with many, many moons ago that now it seems like it's kind of passed a little bit. So I don't know. It, it's part of me. I and, and I don't hate Kushida. I really like Kushida as a wrestler. I think he's a great wrestler. So I don't. I love Kushida. I think he's fantastic. Like his, his time's done. And there's it's time for him to, it's time right, to do right. something else with Kushida. Right. Let that next generation of juniors I, I'm not saying put Kushida in the openers. I'm saying it's time to do something else with Kushida. Give him a tag partner. Have him go after the never open weight title. I don't care what you do with him. It's time to do something else with Kushida because Hiromu is the guy you got to get behind. I, I, you know, it, it's and and look, I, I, I just think you know it wouldn't bother me if if Hiromu won this match. I just think I'd rather have Hiromu beat somebody. Look, I think you can protect Hiromu by whoever wins this match beating Skrull. You know, and I think the best story for that is Osprey, you know, to, to redeem himself against Marty, a guy who always gets the better of him. Okay, so he gets the better of Marty here, wins the title back, and then Hiromu still has a case, right? Because he didn't get pinned. And then you could do it a new beginning, and then you could have Hiromu win the title then. And, um, right, and then he more definitively wins the title. It's more of an yeah. obvious, okay, now is a change in the guard. because because And that's one of the issues, too. Like I, I still think is going to win, but I think it is a much more powerful changing of the guard. Here is the new generation of juniors emerging if it's a one-on-one match. And he just beats Will Ospreay. Maybe that's the end of Ospreay. Maybe he's done or whatever. Then you know they don't re-sign him. He just goes, but then Hiromu wins definitively a one-on-one match, and then it is his division. Whereas if he wins this, it's like, you know, well, Kushida yeah, didn't get pinned. Or, oh, well, you didn't pin Osprey. You pinned Skrull. Right. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I, I, I don't think that's the better story, but I just think that's where they're going to go. Look at it this way. Would you, ra- would you rather have the guy who's going to, who the division's going to be built around for the duration of the year, win it in a four-way cluster, fourth in the top, or a semi-main event at one of the, because remember, there's going to be two new beginnings. You know, he can win it on a semi-main event somewhere in a, in a higher profile spot in a one-on-one match. I'd rather do that, you know, so, um, you know, I, I, but I, I, 
the thing is Kushida is kind of that sneaky thing where <laughs> they don't, you know, they feel like he's still the guy. And I think that's a mistake. So um, now I think the match will be very good at minimum. There's no way this isn't four stars. Um, okay. Yeah. I want to is, say about match quality. So that, that's where you're going there. Is, yeah, we is, talked about a little last week. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think the floor is four stars. I mean, there's no, look, this is what I need. All, all these guys have to go out there to do. They need to go out there and for six or seven minutes, just do a bunch, just make it a fucking spot fest. And that's all it has to be. You don't have to tell a cohesive wrestling story in a four way on this show. You need to go out there and just do the most dynamic shit possible for six and seven minutes. Make that corner of wrestling fandom hate it. Make everybody else pop out of their fucking seats and love it. And then tell whatever story you're going to tell at the finish. You see what I'm saying? So just go out there and do a bunch of wild shit. Do a bunch of crazy spots. And then if your story is Willow Spray redeems himself against Skrull, great. If your story is uh, Hiromu wins the title, great. But then you can tell your little story in the closing moments. But I just want them to go out there and have a crazy fucking spot fest. I think that's the best way to approach this. Well, what's good about this show as well, for, for, for like you said, the crazy spot fest, is there isn't a whole lot of other matches that have that capacity. You know just what I mean? Like, so it could be... It could really stand out in because there are prior years when it's like, all right, there's been like, you know, four or five of these, you know, we throw everything at the, at the wall and see what sticks or, you know, everybody does their moves and all that sort of This is not one of those shows. I mean, I, I think Okada and Naito is going to be a very good back and forth match. But we said like Omega and Jericho, I, I don't think so. I think they've they no. built it up that it's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a fight or whatever. And Okada and Naito is going to have layered storytelling. And exactly. Shit. It's not going to be the, you know, throwing bombs at one another every, you know, five minutes type thing. Closing stretch but the, the oh, match sure. itself yeah, builds, yeah, yeah. yeah, because they're going to be, you know, Okada with the fucking Cobra Clutch and all this now. And yeah, absolutely. You're right. And then like Tanahashi J. White, like that's, I think, going to be a little bit more yeah. nuanced. I think they're going to work the knee or whatever. Then you have Suzuki Goto. We'll get to the other one. And, and, and the rest of the card, I mean, other than the opener, which we're going to talk about, there's really not other matches that are like, yeah, a lot of shit happens in this match. So this can absolutely be one of those ones that could be one of those clusterfuck, you know, giant. Everybody just does their, sh- you know, gets their shit in tight matches on the show. So I think it's a great opportunity for them to go out there and just do that. All right. So I think Hiromu will win. Okay. I want Willow Spray to win. Okay. I think Hiromu will win and I I, I want Hiromu to win in a sense, but I, I like I, I I also would wouldn't mind if he won it on a bigger show. But I but I, I do think it'd be a nice story too if he if he I'll tell you who I don't so. want to win is Kushida. He is my fourth pick. I'd rather have Marty Scroll win this match than Kushida. I, I want Kushida out of the picture. Yeah. I, I, I've I, had I agree. it with Kushida. Yeah. Yeah, poor poor Kushida. <laughs> buried him in my ebook profile. We're buried him here with. We love him. It's just like no, we want we want new. We want a new story, a new chapter, a new end. And there's there's not really that happening right now. All right, we'll move on to uh, the loser haircut, no seconds death match for the never open weight championship. You know, yes. Minoru Suzuki defending his never open weight title against Hiroki Goto. Loser haircut, no seconds death match. Joe, you're pumped. What are your thoughts on this one? I'm the only person pumped for this, but I, yeah. I am putting my neck on the line. I, listen, I will take my L. If this match stinks, I'm telling you, this is going to be a great match. These guys are are, are big match wrestlers. Goto's not a guy that's going to go out there and lay eggs. He doesn't lay eggs ever. He's going to try in a spot like this. The effort's going to be there. Uh, I wouldn't say never lays eggs in the dome. No, it, it's pretty rare. I mean, yeah, that Okada match at New Beginning that wasn't any good when he tried when he was in the Hakushi paint. Remember that? one? Oh well, yeah, that well, that was. Um, you know, Suzuki's had a rough year with the gimmick matches, but look, I'm that, confident. I'm worried about Suzuki. That's, that's- I, but this is why I'm not no seconds. And it's just, and, and because the stipulation is the hair versus hair, there's no bull ropes to get in the way. There's no lumberjacks to get in the way. There's no fucking bullshit gimmicks to get in the way. It's just going to be two guys in there in there fighting each other. 
no problem with these two guys going in there and fight each other. And I'll tell you what, I got real fired up. You see Hiroki Goto today in an interview saying he's going to win the Never title and he's going to bring that Shibata fight back to the Never title, Rich. Uh-oh. All pumped up. He's going to win this title and he's going to be a tremendous Never champion. Goto is going to be bashing skulls in and, and using that that the best offense in wrestling, which I've said for years, I love this guy's offense. He looks like he's, he's breaking people's necks and crushing their skulls. And he's going to beat Suzuki Rich. And he's going to cut off his stupid hair. And then he's going to have a tremendous never title run. He's going to invoke the spirit of his former high school classmate and tag team partner in Katsuyori Shibata. I would, you know what's going to happen here? I'll tell you what, Rich. Goto is going to win this match. He's going to shave that head. And then Shibata is going to come down that ramp. And he's going to shake his hand. And they're going to hug in the center of the ring. And Goto's finally going to get over. How about that? How about that being fired up about Hiroki Goto? <laughs> Would you love to see that? He's going to be there, Rich. Shibata's going to be there the day before signing autographs. Yeah, he's there. I mean, why would he not show up? He's going to show up at some point in the show. And now you've got Goto talking about Shibata in interviews? Are you kidding me? He's winning this match. And Shibata's coming down that ramp. That music's going to hit. It's going to blow the roof off the place like it did at G1. He's going to shake his pal's hand. They're going to hug it out. He's going to raise his hand. He's going to give him the he's going to give him the old Rock Roman Reigns Royal Rumble treatment except it's going to get over. Okay? <laughs> and then my man Goto is going to cut through this roster like a knife and defend that never title all year long. I can't wait. I am so fired up for this. God, I hope so. I I uh, I mean I lay it out there for you. You did. I mean, yeah, my prediction and, and my hope is that Goto. I mean, obviously, I think everybody in the world, I can't imagine there's anybody who says, yeah, I really want more of this Minoru Suzuki never open weight run. I think we're all ready for the move on. And, and, and I'm ready for that never open weight title, as Goto said, and as you were so fired up about, is to go back to what it was for a few years. I mean, there was a time when I was so looking forward to those never open weight titles, those Ishii matches, those, those Shibata matches. I mean, those were the best. I fucking, that was my favorite title on this entire promotion. I couldn't wait for the never open weight title match. And now I dread them. Now I skip them and I go, oh, God damn it so i think everybody I, I can't imagine anybody really wants any more of this minoru suzuki run given what it's been if minoru suzuki all of a sudden decides ah fuck this i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to do, doing straight man stuff and, and go back to you know being a fighter or whatever then yeah maybe but that's not what he's been he's been the suzuki gun bullshit guy for for so long or whatever i so hope that go to wins this and 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 i i want to believe that the no seconds stip is there for a reason and I want to believe so much that they're not going to do it, but but I just I, you know I can't. I'm 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 they've they've broken my trust. The the Suzuki gun has broken me, Joe. And I just I don't know that I I can believe that there's not going to be some sort of shenanigans. That fucking Despy is not going to come down there with a goddamn chair. Zack Saber Junior is not going to run down and do shit. I just I'm broken. I can't believe that they're going to do that. I hope they do. I hope my heart of hearts that it says no seconds and the Suzuki is an honorable man and is going to go out there and do it. I hope to yeah. God they do that. But I don't know. I'm I'm broken. How about this for a scenario? Okay. The Suzuki Gun Jr. is run down. Takamishinoku, El Desperado. I think I know where you're going here, and I'm in. They've got they've got bad intentions. They've got <laughs> chair, they're they're switching. Oh, <laughs> yes. No. No. Bad oh. intentions isn't running down. Oh, Not yet. Okay, okay, that's okay. next year. That's okay. next year. Uh, they, they, maybe one half of them anyway. I was gonna um, say yeah, maybe maybe. And hopefully he leaves Gallows home, but we'll see. Um. They run down there. Taichi's got his hammer, right? And Shibata runs down and clears ringside. He beats the shit out of all of them, right? He runs them off. And then Goto wins the match. Fair and square, clean in the middle. There's a lot of different ways this can go. But I'm looking forward to it. You got me, you got me pumped. 
Now when I, they I, did I turn a, you? Did I turn yeah, you on? But they're gonna then when they have I'm gonna be so upset when they just have a shitty match and Despy hits Goto with a chair and then fucking go to the loser gets his hair shaved and puts it on his you know intro video or whatever. I'm gonna be so pissed at you if that happens. You know that? Wouldn't that just be hyped up? You got me hyped up, and now fucking Goto's gonna choke and use that goddamn video in 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 his entrance. And I'm gonna yeah, they're gonna show they're gonna show. You're right. That's gonna be in his his entrance video. Now you're gonna have like Taka Mishinoku with a shit-eating grin on his face, hold pinning his arms back as Suzuki shaves his head, (laughs) and he'll that they'll have that in his entrance video, right? But yeah, so well, that's a lot. You got me pumped. You you better not wrong, buddy. You know, another theory a lot of people are running with is that Suzuki wins, shaves Goto's head, and that's the impetus for Goto's attitude change. Right, then he snaps. Can I just say something? Yeah, You're never ahead. getting this Goto attitude change, <laughs> okay? He is what he that's is. That's when the Goto title run happens, Joe. When he gets his okay. head shaved and then Sakura Genesis, Goto wins the title. Boom. Fox. Enough. Goto <laughs> is never getting this magical attitude change that you're all waiting for. He is what he is. He's an upper mid-card guy. I am the biggest Hiroki Goto fan walking the earth. Maybe Dylan Harris, but I am the biggest Hiroki Goto fan. <laughs> Second biggest, at least. Walking the earth, okay? And I don't even want him to win the IWGP Heavyweight title. It's a better story that he doesn't. I say the same thing about Ishii. Who's a bigger Ishii fan than me? I mean... I practically get tears in my eyes watching that man wrestle. I don't want either one of them winning the title. It's a better story if they don't. Okay? I like good stories. And Hiroki Goto's story is he's not good enough to win that belt. And I don't have a problem with that. I want him to come. I want him to get a, a title shot at some point, And they want, I want them to build up to one. I want him to come within inches. I want him to come so close. But in the end, I want him to lose. That's the essence of Hiroki Goto. Okay, he's not getting this attitude change you want. He's a secondary title guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's fucking awesome. If people could just focus on his awesome matches and forget about the fucking the, the kayfabe shit that, 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 that he does, who cares? The guy's great in the ring. That's all that matters. He's not, this attitude change thing isn't coming. This pie in the sky shit. He's gonna lead a stable. I don't see it. I'd be okay with it. I just don't see it happening. Do you see that happening? Him leading a stable with Jay White. Nah, not really. And this guy and that guy. It's just a pipe dream, right? It's just dreaming. Yeah, he's he's, he's, thirty-eight years old too, and there's there's he's been passed up by so many guys at this point. Like it it would seem, it's just there's too many other guys they can do stuff with. There's too many guys that are important. There's too many guys that mean more to 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 business. There's too many other guys that. And and again, I like Goto too. I'm not a Goto hater at all. But yeah, it's just it's pie in the sky stuff to think that there's all of a sudden they're gonna wake up one day and go, oh, we've had Goto this entire time. We just haven't done it. Like you know what I mean? When they're when they're building stars left and right, and they're building guys that are passing him up or whatever. And and there's nothing wrong whatsoever from for being the dominant never open weight champion. You know what I mean? Like that I think is a perfect role for him. Is is that's his ceiling. Is never open weight and he goes and he dominates that and he has great matches or whatever. That's fine. There, there's a capacity for that. I, people, and every year or two he gets a title match and he comes up short. Right. And it's like, I have no problem damn. with that. Because <laughs> you, you built the hierarchy or whatever. I mean it, it for some people it sucks, but I don't think so. I think you can have a, an accomplished career being what he is. And I think Goto if he retired tomorrow would still have an accomplished career. I don't think people would I think I people would say they're disappointed that he didn't win the title, but I don't think it's like, oh well. Pfft. His career is invalidated because he never won that title. I think he's well, look, one of those guys that sort of rose above that at a certain point. I, I, here's the thing. From one aspect, his career, look, he was expected to be a top star. Sure. 
but he didn't get there. But it's not like he's a complete failure. He's had a very good career. He'd have a career. Let me tell you something. Any one of these young Lions would sign up for his career right now. Any one of them. You know, they all have more ambition than that. All of them would love to be where Okada is and where Naito is. But any one of them would sign up for Goto's career. It's just that he came in with such fanfare, you know, and 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 he was expected to become, and he just never did. But that's okay. You know, that's all right. There's a sports analogy in here somewhere. I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, it's, it's, um, I can't think of a good one. Off the yeah. Top. What are we doing? Like a guy that, that, that didn't Here's win the a title, but not, is, okay. Let me throw this at you. He's not JD drew. I think he's better than JD drew right. as a comp. Uh, JD drew is a, for people who have no idea what we're talking yeah, about. I was going to say that, that, that's a, that's a, little bit a baseball player for, uh, yeah. who was expected to be the best player in the league. And he basically was essentially an average player for about 12 years. Yeah, I think Goto's better than J.D. Drew is at baseball. He's not a J.D. Drew. Um, I'm trying to think of a good comp. A guy who well, came in with... I'm trying to think with, of like a 90s NBA that, that just like they weren't better than Jordan and they weren't better than Hakeem or whatever, but it didn't mean... Or they weren't better than Shaq, but it doesn't mean that they're not, you know, an all-time great. That, that doesn't mean that they, they still or, didn't. I'm trying to figure out... someone who was an, a solid all-star for a right. number of years, you know? Um, but anyway, I think people get the idea. Um, you know, it, it's like, uh, maybe an NFL quarterback comp would work better. I can't really think of one though. Yeah. Yeah. How about, is he Matt Ryan? Well, I was going to say, you want to talk about guy that loses. I mean, Jim Kelly is a, a great example of, uh, he wasn't oh, meant to be, uh, you know, uh, he was, oh, he was, but I guess why wasn't, you were alive during that era. So I, yeah, <laughs> I was very, very young, but Jim Kelly was, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, that Kelly. wasn't really an old joke. I mean, that was, it was an old joke. It was meant to be an old joke. But it was actually that's, true. So that's a good one on a number of levels because he was expected to be. Oh, I guess he was a, a big deal in Miami. You're right. You're right. He was a big deal in Miami. So okay, he yeah. was. But he went to the USFL. But then when he came to the NFL, and that's the thing, he got the four Super Bowls and lost all of them. And yeah. that's that's Goto in a nutshell. You know, and it's like that doesn't invalidate Jim Kelly's career. You know, he was a great player. He just didn't end up becoming an all timer, and he was never a champion. That's a perfect. You came up with the perfect. Right. One. Yeah. Jerry West is a good one too for from a bygone era. I mean, of course, he ended up winning. You know, one of his titles or whatever. He's a guy who who lost. You know, eight straight finals or not eight straight, but you know, eight finals or whatever. He finally won his last one, but he was he 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 couldn't feel joy because he had lost all those other ones. And it was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's going pretty cool, whatever. But uh, yeah, if he didn't win his his final one, Jerry West would have been a good cop too. I mean, one of the. But I mean, I guess Jerry West is is you know all timer, and I don't know if real. That's the thing. I think Jerry all timer. Whereas Jim Kelly is that guy that like. I don't think if I said, "Hey, who are the you know the 15 best quarterbacks of all time?" that Jim Kelly would come up immediately. But then when I'd say right. Jim Kelly, he'd be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, and Jim Kelly was really good." Yeah, okay. and that's Goto. Yeah, I mean, that's a real good. I think you nailed it with Jim Kelly. That's a real there good one. All right. Uh, okay. Sorry. And Jim Kelly's and he's unfairly maligned as a loser. <laughs> right. Exactly. When, like still getting to that point, getting it's, to four Super Bowls is pretty fucking awesome. So I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll, that, I'll take that. I'll take going yeah. to four Super Bowls and be and being called a loser. But uh, as far as this match, loser. Haircut, no seconds, death match. Uh, who do you want to win and who is going to win? Well, I, uh, well obviously, I want Minoru Suzuki to win. No, of course, I want Goto <laughs> right, to win. Yeah, I mean, course, it, yeah, but uh, but I, I do think he's going to win as well. I do too. I don't think there's any scenario where, um, oh man, <laughs> they've broken me, Joe. I just can't. Like, I, I gonna think train. Goto's gonna Come win. On, I know, I'm Get trying. Train. Yeah, but if, if, if that train derails, Joe, do I'm sure about it. if it derails. It's not derailing. Get on. Join me. Uh, You watch. I'll buy a ticket, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait at the platform. Something else. 
<laughs> but no, I think I think I was going to win, and I hope that Goto wins. But uh, I'm gonna jump down the train yet. Yeah, I, I have my ticket in hand, and I'm waiting. All right. But all right, let's move on here to the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championships. We got Killer Elite Squad, Dave Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer, the champions, defending against Evil and Sonata, representing Lij. Uh, Evil and Sonata winning this one. I think they are. I think most people think, predict they are. I think well. this is as much of a lock as anything on the show. Um, I don't see any reason for Killer Elite Squad to win. Number one, they don't give a shit about these titles, and they bounce I was gonna them say, around. The biggest reason is who the fuck cares because uh, they these titles bounce around. And for them not to bounce the titles to Evil and Sonata on this occasion would be the weirdest thing ever after they what they've done with these titles over the last you know five years. Yeah, and then they they had them lose the six man belts um, in the interim. Um, I don't know. It's it's a good progression for Evil. I mean, I, I this is as much of a lock as anything on this. This is as much of a lock to me as Jay White. I I I don't see why they wouldn't win. Um, I'm a little worried about the match. I I I haven't been impressed with Evil and Sonata as a team. Not in the World Tag League final, and not at their tag match against Yujiro and Fale. It's weird for them working as baby faces. Um, they don't. Yeah, I, I don't like the matchup, and that's not to say I like both of these teams. And, and like in a vacuum, I like you know, but it's just a weird matchup. It, it's it's Killer Elite Squad who who you know they're used to playing the, the the heels. They're used to playing the kind of the dastardly end of a tag match or whatever. And they're against Lij Evil and Sonata, and those guys I kind of are the same. Like they're used to being dashed. So I don't know where yes. it's going to quite work. It's weird. It's a weird matchup and I, I, I feel uneasy about it. I, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be good. I, I It's just evil. And Sonata, on it. Yeah. Evil. It's not, have not done well in the last couple of no, matches as the not. baby face is taking a beat down to lead to a hot tag or a baby face comeback. Cause it's not what they're used to doing. Um, you know, there's just so, not that much juice with them as a team either. Like, is, I, and I don't know if that's just me projecting my personal thoughts no, on not. it, but I just there's just nothing there. It's just kind of, you know, it's just they haven't put the team. Know, like this day and age, you're gonna be you gotta have some cool double team moves. And what's their what's their signature right, cool just, double? You can't really come up with it off the top of your head. You know, Sonata feels like a zombie at this point. You know, it's like, um, you know. I like that they let Evil cut a promo at the end of the World Tag League uh, when Archer got in his face, and I, I think Evil is destined for big things. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just they're not connecting with me as a team. Um, so I am a little worried about this match as well. More than uh, more than that, never match. I I think the never match is going to be good. No one else agrees with me. I think people think this. More people would say that this match. I'm worried about this match more. Um, there's questions here, but I think there's no reason for killer elite squad to win. And I don't think that they'll win. Um, I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I mean, the, the one thing that I'm, I'm sort of, the only thing I'm looking forward to this match is, is I think it's a great story that Archer, you know, you know, months ago, you know, possibly his career's over, you know, the, the, the built in back injury, there's, you know, fundraisers for him. There's special shows, you know, to, 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 to donate to his cause or whatever. And now he's back here on the Russell King. So that's a great moment for him to be there. And, you know, yeah. David Westman Jr. is, you know, a guy who's kind of worked really hard to get to this point. So, in that respect, it's cool that they're in this point. It's good they're in this featured match or whatever, but that's about all I the real juice I have for this match. I mean, it's just the matchup's weird for me, and I, I'm just not invested in Evil Tanada as a team. And I think it's a more lock they're going to win. So there's not really an intrigue in that way either, where I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I mean, this could be a really interesting thing. I think Evil Tanada are going to win kind of a Monday match, and, and it's going to be, you know, in a five-hour show or whatever, it's going to be one that you're going to just kind of be like, all right, cool, like, let's move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's let's get let's get through with it, because there's more interesting stuff afterwards, and and especially with its place in the card as well. It's a little odd. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm uneasy about it. 
Archer is a great story. His career was potentially over, you know, and um, he came back from back surgery, won the titles, and yeah, is defending the titles at the Tokyo Dome. That's a good story. Um, it'd be better if it was a babyface, but it's a good, it's a good story nonetheless. And poor Davy Boy Smith Jr. I mean, he lost his spot when Archer was hurt. You know, he worked the one tour that he was already booked for uh, in the like weird six man matches, and then they didn't have anything for him because his partner wasn't around. So um, good for those guys, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think Evil and Sonata will win, and uh, I believe that they should. Yeah, I'm the same way as well. But uh, yeah, not really, not really looking forward to this one. Uh, speaking of not really looking forward to, or I guess sort of looking for, I don't know. I, this one's kind of weird. Uh, Cody with Brandy Rhodes, I should say, because of course with Brandy Rhodes is, is an important part of this. Uh, Cody versus Kota Ibushi. Well, you yeah. know, if you're gonna if they're gonna fly out to Japan six times a year, you might as well get a vacation for your wife. Yeah, exactly. No, no, go for it. Nothing wrong with that. And uh, to be fair, they let all these guys fly their families out for this thing. You know, Young Bucks do every year, too. So um, we're just having some fun here. But uh, look, the fact that they're putting her at ringside, I'm sure she'll get involved in, in some capacity. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about last week. There's a lot of different things you could have done with Kota Ibushi. There's a million guys in that stupid gauntlet that could have wrestled. I mean, Kota Ibushi, someone had that great idea. He could have wrestled Zack Sabre Jr. for the British heavyweight title. He could have wrestled Tomohiro Ishii. He could have wrestled Beretta. He could have wrestled uh, Juice Robinson. You can go on and on. Um, You know, he had that friction with Togi Makabe. He could have wrestled Togi Makabe, uh, for God's sake. You know, Uh, but, you know, you got to shoehorn Cody onto the show. Cody did lose the Ring of Honor title which means he'll probably lose this. Um, I guess the one thing to look for is if they do any... See, I don't think they'll do anything, any kind of angle in the direction with Omega, though, because Omega's focus is going to be on Jericho. Okay, and, and that's 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 what I wanted to bring up, and I was I was hoping you were going to say something about it, because on Twitter, there were a lot of people saying, well, this is this is the beginning or the continuation of the Kota Bushi Kenny Omega thing. You know, Cody has mentioned Omega's name a few times or whatever. I just don't see that, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a yeah. random match thrown on a Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I think a lot of people are sort of deciding that, that you know, this is the B to the A. To, you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sort of adding this to the story. And I don't know that it necessarily is. I think Cody sort of mentioned Kenny Omega's name in, in some things. Like, there was a, a promo where he said, you know, my, you know, Kenny told me not to do this or whatever. Or Kenny told me not to mess with your friend or whatever. I, I don't know if that was just Cody kind of doing it on his own. But I just don't know that that story has been told fully or that story has really been fleshed out enough for me to believe that this is a chapter in the Kota Bushi Kenny Omega thing. I, I just don't know because there, there was no, the, there was the, there was the Cody Omega friction at, you know during Dominion or whatever and and in, in the summer and then it kind of dissipated for a while and then this is coming back and some people think that this is the continuation of the Cody Omega that it's the next step of the the Omega Abushi and I just think it's random I think yeah it's it, it it you know Cody has mentioned it and yeah both these people have had issues with Kenny Omega and there's been teases with Kenny Omega but see it that way because knowing you know how this match came together because people are saying well this match was brought together because x or whatever when we heard exactly the opposite we heard the contrary that no this match was brought together because cody works you know singles matches in big spots and, and in big shows or whatever go look at his go look at the history go look at what he's done over the past year and kota bushi needed something to do so this is what they brought together i think it's a complete accident that it has to do with omega i could be surprised i could be stunned you know maybe they do something in that realm i just don't know because it hasn't been pushed all that much and omega's like you said got something else going on already they don't really this company is pretty good about not telling a bunch of different stories at once 
guys usually have the thing that they're worried about, and the guys usually have something in their sights at that moment, and then they sort of worry about that for a while. And then, you know, they'll, they'll, put, they'll plant the breadcrumbs here and there, but it seems too real, unrealistic that this is some larger giant Omega story or whatever. I, I don't see it. I don't it's know. Scattered, it's scattered focus, and there's no reason to do that. Um, so, no, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there'll be any sort of reverberations in that direction, though. Uh, so as far as the match results, so you think Kotobushi's going to win? Oh, yeah, Cody's losing this. Hmm. Am I crazy for being so confident in that? Yeah, I think you are. Yeah, I think you are. Really? I, mean, I, I think Cody, I, I think Cody wins. Yeah, I think Cody wins. And Cody, Cody uh, I think Kotobushi's winning. I do. Okay. I, think I, that, mean, um, I, I think I think that... Um, where does it lose a lot? Well, here's the thing. You're going you're gonna to have some new champions coming out of this show at the top of the card. Would you agree with that? Uh, sure. Oh, um, yeah, of course. We're going to have at least two new champions, and you're going to need challengers. So I think... Kota Ibushi is a money-drawing challenger against any of those guys, and you want him picking up a win here. I don't think they view Cody as a money-drawing challenger. Look how they position him in his matches. He's always in, like, the fourth match, whether it's Elgin or Jay Lethal or Juice Robinson or who. Did he wrestle Jay Lethal here? I don't think he did. I think it was Elgin, Juice Robinson, uh, you know, whatever match. They're always, David like, in the, the one David Finley match, too. You forget David about Finley. Yeah. They're always in the middle of the show. This one. Okay, they don't have confidence in Cody as a draw. They know he doesn't get any reactions. I don't know. I just see a bunch of new champions coming out of this, and I think you need challengers for new beginning. And I think Kota Ibushi is perfect because the guy sells tickets. That's and I don't disagree. No, and I don't disagree. But I think there is an important aspect of of, of Cody in, in as far as U.S. expansion that maybe a win over Kota Ibushi then lets Cody get the next U.S. title shot or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I I, I just can't let it. I, I can't let the idea that Cody is just there to lose. I just I don't know I can't I, I can't fathom that and, and that it, I could absolutely feel like an idiot here in a little bit but this is a guy who's been very protected by this company and is very I, I don't know if he thinks he's important if they think he's I, I don't know but with the U.S. expansion all that sort of stuff going on I mean this is a guy that I don't think you necessarily want to just kind of throw to the side I would because I don't think he's worth a damn I don't you know what I mean but to the American audience he is and how important is that how important is them sort of throwing another you know, thing for the American audiences and how important is, is Cody being in a big spot for those long beach shows? How important is that aspect of it? He, he will be, but my, my, I believe the bullet club fan is buying tickets, whether Cody wins this match or not. Oh, I agree. But do they think that that's what I, I don't know? Yes. So if Cody loses here, what, what, what you just, it doesn't matter. I mean, you could just get, I put on whatever long beach, you know, he just, I think you can whatever, do virtually you know. anything you want with him and people are going to pay to see, to see him in the bucks. I really don't think it's that important. Yeah, no, and I don't disagree, but I just don't know what their thought is. Yeah, with I mean, regards to it, and that's I, I just can't, given how protected he's been, and given what Cody has done so far in this company, it, it's just hard for me to believe that 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 he would. It would just be a very easy, no doubt, that that Kodobushi wins. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and, and I don't think that I, I do probably gonna in my head think that Kodobushi is gonna win here, but I just I don't think I'm I'm not as confident as you are about Cody losing here. Yeah, I just don't see where contenders emerge for the new champs. Otherwise, mm-hmm. no, no, and, and I don't disagree. It's just I, there's just I have this weird code, like like the like the Minoru Suzuki thing. I've just kind of kind of been broken by Let, the code. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at it this way. You're not going right back to Okada Naito, right? You agree with that? Right, right, right. Yeah, of course. Tanahashi with the knee thing. Can't you see him going away for a while? And if you do. If Jericho wins, I guess Omega would just, you can't go back to that. But you'll have two new champions, and then who challenges them? You kind of have an open end there. Mm-hmm. And then, especially if, like, if Goto wins the Never, 
either way, Goto's out because he either loses and you can't have him challenge someone off a loss or he wins the never and he's wrapped up with that. So then who else is there? Um, do you have confidence that Zack Sabre Jr. can headline a show? I do not. Um, against that level of champion, I do not. Um, do you have confidence that Cody can headline a show against those guys? I do not. So who are you really left with? That's why I say that it's a near lock that Bushi wins because I think you need new beginning challengers. And I think you need um, you need uh, money drawing challengers for some of these uh, new champions that are coming up. So that that's kind of my reasoning. And I, I don't think that they particularly care about protecting Cody. Um, so yeah, my official prediction is Kota Ibushi wins the match. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think Ibushi's going to win. And, and again, I hope Ibushi's going to win, but I'm just not as confident. I, I do think there is a, a very good chance that, that Cody does win as well. So, cause you know, the good thing about Kota Ibushi too, is he's a great challenger because he, cause he's a draw, yeah. but he's a guy you can always beat. Mm-hmm. No, he never has to win. Okay. Yeah, he can just he always get the challenge win. and then lose every time. He can always lose the title match and mm-hmm. it's no problem. I agree, and I, I'm more on board with Singabushi in big-time matches than I am Cody, so I 100% agree with with your assessment. I do hope that Ibushi wins. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious how this goes down, and I, I am a little uh, unsure about uh, about Cody and what his future is with the company and, and where they see him, so it'll be, it'll be just really interesting to see with this. Uh, as far as a uh, match that I guess some people might find interesting, but I certainly don't, and I don't think you do either, a gauntlet match for the never open weight six-man tag team championships. You had the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Folly, Tamatanga and Tangalao defending their titles against Beretta, Ishii, Yano, Michael Elgin, War Machine Team Troll, uh, Suzuki Gun, Taichi, Azuka, Zack Sabre Jr., and then Chiguchi Japan, Juice Robinson, Rusuke Taguchi, and Togi Makabe. Uh, Joe, who the hell wins here? doesn't matter. Who cares? It's like I talked about last (laughs) week. The most interesting aspect to this is who was left out. Um, I always find that stuff interesting. Like the fact that they picked Taichi ahead of the other Suzuki Gun Juniors and the fact that... uh, Kojima. Yeah, yeah, Kojima's not in it, and Juice Robinson is, and 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 things like that. Those those are the interesting aspects to this match to me, um, more so than who's going to win. I know that Elgin and War Machine won't. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say that. They can lose them the next. <laughs> no, because they can right. lose them the next night. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's impossible to predict these titles really because it, it they they really don't matter in the overall sense, and they can just be changed at any time in any moment. So right. So and we and we've seen these titles headline New Year Dash before. So even though War Machine's finishing up, that was last you know, year, right? Well, I know the year with Briscoes and Yano um, in headline. I don't know if that was last year, or the year before. I get confused. Oh yeah, last year too with Taguchi, Nakanishi, and 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 um, right, right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it was like Tanahashi, right? So they they love to do these titles at New Year Dash. So there's no reason, even though War Machine's finishing up and potentially Elgin finishing up, they could win them here and lose the next night. So. Any of these teams can win. Um, you know, I don't want Beretta, Ishii, and Yano to win. I don't want, uh, I guess that's the only team I don't want to win because I don't want to see those guys like hold these times. I don't want to see guys like Beretta and Ishii hold. I don't know. I, I just, I, I, I kind of would prefer teams like, why am I breaking this down? Rich, I don't care who wins this match. And if you want me to tell you who's going to win, you might as well flip a fucking... How many teams are in this thing? Five? Uh, we got uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. 
flip a five-sided fucking coin. Get one of those geeky fucking <laughs> the dice. Five-sided, the five-sided dice, dice is what you mean. The, the dorky Dungeons and Dragons people use or whatever. Like roll one of them and figure it out. I, I, are we gonna get heat from Dungeons and Dragons fans now? Uh, right? yes, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons D and D Twitter is gonna be pretty upset by you. I would think uh, that there's a lot of crossover between D and D Twitter and wrestling Twitter. Sure, so I, I, I'm not. I've always been like a little bit interested in playing it, but I've never really actually wanted to because. Mm. Yeah, it's too far down the nerd spectrum for me. I can't yeah. go down that far. I have a little yeah. bit of cred here. You do, you do, and- you do. I, I have nothing left. So, but no, I, I've never won because I, I one time I ate my I saw my buddies playing and they spent like you know three hours creating their character and I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Like I just want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't get into the fucking wizards and warlocks bullshit. I just can't get into it. Fucking dragons and fucking whatever the hell. Did you play Magic? Did you play Magic the Gathering ever, Joe? Oh, the God. Magic the Gathering guy. Yeah. Give me a break. Come on. Um, Jeez. <laughs> uh, um, nah, I just, I, I, you should see the face I'm making. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, can tell. I, can, I, can, I can feel it on your. Yeah, for me, like, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm fine if Taguchi Japan wins it and just hold it forever. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, those are guys like Juice Robinson, Taguchi, and Togi Makabe. Those dudes can hold it for like two years. Yeah, you know, like, Rusuke Taguchi is a guy that I hope that he just wins these titles and just holds it with like 15 different combinations of people forever. The odds that anyone holds this for two years are like, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> No, I mean, like in in some form or fashion, that that like Ryusuke Taguchi just finds a new unit of guys and just holds it. Yeah, like you said, I don't want guys getting bogged down. I don't want guys that I actually like to be bogged down by these titles. So, where are we talking about this match? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> well, five sided dice. Anybody's gonna. I win. don't have a prediction. And I really don't night, And I don't care. And you don't Anyone's care. And we don't care. Doesn't make a difference. We'll move on. Yeah. I just hope it's mildly entertaining. Yeah, it's it's not going to be. So, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, and then we have the opener. Or well, I guess, yeah, I guess the, the Rambo is the, the the pre-shows. This is the official opener. Uh, tag team titles, uh, junior heavyweight tag team titles for Poggy Three K defending their titles against the Young Bucks. Now, Joe, I'm pretty interested in this result here because we we know that they kind of bounce these titles around a lot. I think the right move is having Rapongi Three K win, and I think they are going to have Rapongi Three K win, but. I'm a little reserved because it is still the Bucks, but I think they're smart enough to understand what they have in Rapongi 3K and understand that the long-term goal is to get those guys over and that the Bucks, regardless of win or lose, they get their shit in, they get over, they sell their t-shirts if they win or lose. So I don't think it necessarily matters what the Bucks do. I think Rapongi 3K is 4-0. Um, they won the titles in their first match. They buzzsaw through the tournament. Um, they haven't lost the match yet. They should win, but this scares the shit out of me. I think the Bucks could win. Um, I think that the Bucks could win and they could have Rapongi 3K win them right back a new beginning. I think that they could set up a little program here and keep both teams busy for the first part of the year. Um, as far as an official prediction, I, it is just, it would be so Gato for the Bucks to win this. I think Rapongi 3K should win and I think the Bucks will win. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm confident that Rapungi because I think they see something different in those guys. But you're right; it is sort of tag titles, and it is Gato, who, despite being a tag wrestler, has no clue how to book tag divisions. But I, given how dominant they've been, but I guess you're saying the, the, the argument is that they've been so dominant that they need to kind of be knocked down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think win, the what, idea what's next? Be, you know, they've then defeated yeah, everybody. Right? Okay, I, I, I see that, but I still, I don't know. I still just, I. Hmm. <laughs> I really do want Rapongi to win here, but so do I. I want them to win very badly. I, yeah. you know me. Yeah, I like long, dominant title runs. I that, that's my thing, and I think you're you're the top of the card. We talked about it. Okada is a perfect example why I like long, dominant title runs. Brock Lesnar as an example why. Kento Miyahara. Like long, dominant title runs. Kento Miyahara. When someone beats Brock Lesnar, if done properly, it will mean something. 
when Naito beats Okada, it will mean something. I like long dominant runs and I, I, I look, I'm not totally against hot potato changes when they're done for the right reasons. And it, and they're, you know, like the recent all Japan thing did not bother me, you know, with Suama and Joe Doring and all that. I thought that all served a purpose and fit into the storyline. So I'm not completely opposed to that, but in general, I like dominant champions. And I think that's something because of the nature of society nowadays. And, and, and um, it's just like, we all have shorter attention spans. And I think that's why you don't have like Bruno San Martino holding a title for eight years. That'd be, could you imagine someone holding a title for, for even three years now? I mean, People get tired of champions, Rich, after six months. You see people bitching and moaning on Twitter. Oh, when is this person? Oh, my God. Are they ever going to yeah, lose? About, about 200 days in Okada's thing, people were ready for him to be done. He's yeah. Like, and it's like, like 564 right now. Or he'll, he'll be at 564 on, on January 1st. Yeah, I mean, people were it, done with can, him after 100. Could you imagine if he held the title for another five years? <laughs> and, and here's the thing. It, it, like, not necessarily in New Japan, but in other places, that wasn't abnormal you know, throughout wrestling history to have these super long title runs. And I, I thought that, you know, in, in some cases they, you know, it's, it's long as someone's drawing it, it, you know, you, why not? You know, but it's like, we get tired of things so fast now and we have short attention spans and, um, and, and we, and the other problem is we see everything, you know, when Bruno San Martino had the WWWF title for eight years and you lived in Philadelphia, you know, you saw him defend it you know, a couple times a year. And that was that, you know, maybe once or twice a year. So it didn't, those eight years were cut. But now you watch every fucking show that hits tape. Yeah. You get tired. of It would be excruciating. Yeah. For, for, for us. I mean, I even, I I love Okada. I'd be annoyed as all hell, you know, going into year four. I'd be like, all right, this is, this is ridiculous. So it's like, you know, and so on, even a smaller level. I just watched Tokyo Dome. Like you're saying, if I just watched the Tokyo Dome and the G1 finals or whatever, and that's all I ever saw, it would be like, oh, cool. Like that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I would care, but the fact that I'm watching every new beginning and every King of Pro Wrestling and every Sakura Genesis and every show and it would be excruciating to go for that long we get tired of everything faster because we're consuming everything um so you know that that plays into it i'm not necessarily just blaming modern fans for being assholes i think in some cases they are assholes i think in some cases look let things breathe a little we don't always have to move on to the next thing so quickly but it's also indicative of it's just we consume things differently and you have to move on a little quicker sometimes um I don't know what this has to do with Rapongi 3K necessarily. <laughs> I just, I just think, I, I just think that uh, we want dominance. You know, it, we want it, dominance. It, damn it, let them run. Dominance. Let them dominate. But yeah, we'll, the we'll booking see. pattern is that the Bucks win this. You know, so yeah, yeah. They, they, the tag teams, if they ever get too dominant, they usually get knocked off their pedestal pretty, pretty quickly here. So. I'll see about that. And then all we have left is the pre-show Rambo. And we know a few of the names in there. Nothing's been officially announced. It's still TBA. But you can sort of do the math when you when you look at the other guys. Like Kanemoro is a guy who definitely will be in there. Desperado is a guy that will definitely be in there. Uh, you assume Nagata, Kojima, Tenzan, those sort of guys. Any idea who's going to win this thing? I mean, does it really matter in, in any sense? Is there a way to any even predict it? So who else? Tiger Mask, Liger, Tiger Mask, uh, Liger. Nakanishi, um, hmm. yeah, uh, Takamishinoku. Right, right, right. Um, cheeseburger. I don't know that. He, well, he's been there the last two years. It that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's a pretty big guess that cheeseburger. You'll get your work. surprises. I mean, you're not going to get Kabuki. He just retired. Um, Fujiwara has been a guy that they brought in for this. Uh, Hiro Saito is a guy. Koshinaka, who just worked the Noah show. Yeah, well, Koshinaka will be there for sure. He's always there. Yeah. He's, he can still kind of go a little bit too, so that's always. 
Yeah, yeah, he's not that bad. Um, so you know, the, you, there'll be your surprises. Last year was a lot of fun with Super Scott Strong Machine. I'm rooting strong. for it, but I think he happened. I think he's finally done. He hasn't wrestled yeah. since like 2014 or something. Um, Scott the roster last page. year was a guy. Still on that roster Billy, page, Joe. He's still there. I listen, holding out hopes. <laughs> Scott Norton and Billy Gunn were in it last year. That was a lot of fun. So who knows what kind of rabbits they're going to pull out of the hat with this thing. They don't tend to load it up with Young Lions, so I think maybe Kitamura being the Young Lion Cup winner, maybe he'll get in there, but I don't expect what if he to wins? Like, what if he wins? You know, that's fucking, you know what? That's not the worst idea. No. You know, it's especially if he's going away. If he's going away right kind after the match. Taste. Kind of leave that taste in people's mouths. Like, hmm. You know, it would, it would really yeah. go against how they do those sorts of things, but holy shit, that wouldn't be a bad idea if he immediately leaves. It's, it's a perfect match for him to look dominant too. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have yeah. to get pinfalls. It doesn't have to, he just got to like be a fucking brute and just knock guys out of the ring or whatever. I, I think that'd be the greatest idea. It would, it would, you know what? That's my pick for who should. Uh, win. Let's, do how about that? <laughs> let's do it. Cause yeah. Cause it's going to be like tens on, you know what I mean? It's going to be one of those guys and it's just like, eh, all right, whatever. Like, you know, Nagata parlayed it into a title shot or whatever. They didn't, I don't think they did. They do that last year. No, that no, just the first year with Nagata. Yeah, okay. So they never they didn't parlay it the other year. So yeah, they I don't know. Not. I mean, yeah, so if, if they're not necessarily attaching it to a title match, then yeah, fuck, why not just have No, because Jado won just to put over the celebrity he walked to the ring with in year two. Remember? Oh and right, then, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. So they just did a deal where they wanted to put <laughs> over so the celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I mean so upset about the Rambo booking, like ah Jado does it for himself. <laughs> The fucking Rambo people. Let alone that they're the most unselfish bookers ever that treat themselves <laughs> like jobbers for the last. <laughs> Jado hasn't won in years. Okay, but but then um and then last year Elgin won basically because he was the biggest star in the thing. So right, right. There's and really there's not no that pattern. guy. There's not that star in here. You know what I mean? Like there's not. No. There's the legends. There's your as you mentioned your Ligers, your Tenzans, your Kojimas or whatever. But there's not like the guy who was on the outside looking in. Like Kotobushi, if they had nothing for him, would would be the you know that guy or whatever. Yeah, he's not he that. Would. I mean, but so Kitamura, man, I'm telling you, it's gonna be like someone stupid like Tenzan or whatever. But yeah, of course. But I think that um you know what's funny is all three years like Kojima's gonna win the Rambo is the new Shibata's gonna win. <laughs> Do you notice that? Like he's right, always yeah. the pick. Yeah, he's a three-time winner who's yet to win. But one year he wasn't even in it. Like, <laughs> like people, like every year he's the pick. Though. Oh, Kojima's gonna win, you know, because he's like the guy they protect, and um, out of the older dudes. And um, but yeah, I I I'd like it to come down to maybe Nagata and the other young lions or something. And maybe they team up against them, do something fun like that, you know. But uh, but we'll see. It'll just be harmless fun, like it always is. I love the Rambo. I love it because like the lights yeah. are all on. Like you get to see the arena as a full. Like because yeah. I love that shit. Like I used to love like Sunday Night Heat back in the day because like you know the, all the lights weren't down. Like you could see the arena. You could see what it looked like. You know, it was just kind of mindless. The crowd sort of gathering or whatever. I I, I always like those. You know, so, like, you're a man who never watches the pre shows. Well, but those pre shows like- fucking suck. No, 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 no. But when it comes to like a Mania pre-show or a Wrestle Kingdom pre-show, then you're in. Yeah, exactly. Because I like to see the arena. I like to see the big arena. I like. I also like when guys start wrestling in front of like you know four thousand people and people are like moseying onto their seats or whatever. Like I like that idea. Like the WWE pre-shows fucking suck. Like the actual like your backlash pre-show or whatever. It's just like Rosenberg screaming about nonsense for a while and then just a, a match that goes through two commercial breaks that don't need to be there and stuff like. I don't like that shit. I don't need to see what that arena looks like, but I like seeing what the big time arena looks like. You know? Do you remember pre Rambo when like they would have two dark matches at Wrestle Kingdom and they'd be like eight man tags with Akabono and shit like that? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those are pretty cool too. 
And it would it'd be like that. Tiger Mask 4 and Akabono and all the, you know, super strong machine and people yeah, like. You know, I, I love my super so, so what they did was they got rid of those eight man and 10 man tags and they just condensed them into a, into a fucking battle royal. So. I like um, seeing the music. I like seeing the guys walk down. I like the old yeah. farts trying to get down the ramp. Like Kabuki, it takes him, you know, an hour and a half to get down you there. You know what but... the Rambo is? You know what the Rambo's good for, too? It's one of those things where wrestling Twitter comes together and everybody has fun. Yeah, everybody has a good time. It's never, like, except for the Jado one where everyone's like, ah, damn it. Like, otherwise, it's like, ha, 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 you know, Koshinika's going to, you know, yeah. hit people with his ass. Or, oh, here's, you know, XO, Scott Norton, ha, ha, ha. Like, it, it's great. It's a fun way to start the show because everyone's happy. Yeah. And, and joyous and, and and ready. It's just a yeah. good taste because it's like nothing's gonna get ruined for the rest of the show. It's just a good little let's all right, let's go. Let's, here's let's, here's uh, the last here is the the wrestling Twitter trend line for the last three Wrestle Kingdoms. Everybody loves the Rambo, has a lot of fun. Then for two hours everybody complains and says how terrible the show is and how it's not delivering. And then for the last two hours everybody <laughs> goes bonkers about how great the show is and how it over delivered and how awesome it was. Right. That's I do great. love the undercard. Oh, this is uh, Russell Kingdom. It's like they're never good. <laughs> All the undercards always suck. They're never they good. Don't, they don't even suck. They're just average. Yeah. They're just it's awful. like everyone it's like for some reason people think that you know, they're gonna get match of the years up and down the card. Or you have these other people who want the show to be bad. So when they get the two and a half star, you know, third match from the bottom, you know, they're 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 fucking they're swagger walking on Twitter. It's always the same pattern. And then the back end of the card fucking kills, and those people can't be found with a search party. It's always the same pattern. All right, we're going to talk about the uh, the one three show here real quick. So this is going on before uh, Wrestle Kingdom, of course. One three on Wednesday. Uh, it's New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom twelve Fan Festa. I kept reading it as Fan Fiesta, but it's in fact Fan Festa. I was hoping to, I like Fan Fiesta a little bit better. That, and if you're going to watch this, please don't make the mistake that everyone makes every year. Do not tune in to New Japan World early. You're going to get two hours of a camera on the ring with nothing happening. The matches don't come until very late in the show. You right. can wait until very late in the show if you oh, want to see the action. Are we, getting, are we getting our Build the Tokyo Dome video I yet? Do, I, you know, I haven't I seen them advertised. I love that thing. I'm at work. I'm so pumped. I'm like at work yeah. and I just put it on to the side. Like, why am I watching this? I don't know, but I fucking love it. Like, I yeah. love constructing like ring because then you're like, ooh, like what's that? Like, there's you know, an LED yeah. board going up. It takes like 20 minutes. And it's not exciting at all. It's like the least exciting thing in the world. But you're like, ooh, ooh. ooh. That doesn't listen, and like you're never there to that's see that's your thing, Rich. You know, go ahead. It, it's kind of fun to kind of put on in the background and just sort of see. It's like yeah. those weird webcam. There was like the draft cam. Remember the one that remember the watering hole cam from a few years ago, the African watering hole cam that everybody was going nuts about. I don't remember what the fuck oh, was that. It was, it was great. No, there was like a webcam of some, you know, it was like a pond or something somewhere in Africa. I forgot where, and people were just losing their minds of it. And people watching it all day, and oh, there was an elephant that walked by the pond the other day, and the water. Huh. Look up African watering hole. You'll see. People listening know what I'm talking about here. It was, it was it was all the rage for like a week, and then nobody watched it ever again. I think it's still active, but nobody cares anymore. But uh, it was pretty good. It was it was it's one of those things where everybody united over like, oh my god, like last night I saw you know this and people taking screenshots of a hyena walking by or whatever. It was pretty good stuff. But anyway, uh, fan fiesta slash festa. Apparently, it's fiesta. Uh, fe- trying to say fiesta. I don't know why Lionsgate special number one. And this is a pretty fun show. They do the same sort of style uh, every few years, which is pretty cool. Um, you got Lionsgate special one. You have Jushin Thunder Liger team with Yagi to take on Tiger Mask and Ren Narita. So that's kind of cool there. You got Liger and Tiger Mask, of course, partners. They break off and team with respective Young Lions, and then they do a tag match here. And that's going to be the theme of all these matches as well. Uh, Lionsgate special two. You got Tenzan and Oka versus uh, Kojima and Kitamura, which is pretty sweet too. I love that Kojima-Kitamura team, by the way. 
I want that team to win the titles. So it's Tenzan and Oka versus Kojima and Kitamura. Yeah, how awesome is Kojima and Kitamura? Kojima and Kitamura is a great. I want that team. I want that team winning the tag titles. <laughs> but you see, the theme here is they're taking the established veteran tag teams, right? Litting them up and pairing them up with a young lion and going against each other. This is a really cool concept. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun to see those guys because they're always kind of uneasy about fighting each other. But then they they're they're the dads of New Japan and they want to prove that they're you know the strongest dads. So they go out and kick the shit out of each other because that's what you know New Japan dads do. Uh, and then the final match, Lions Gate Special Three, Yuji Nagata teaming with Kawato versus Nakanishi and uh, Shota Umino. So uh, yeah. pretty cool ones there. I'm really looking forward to. I think the uh, the, the the second one, the Tenzanoka uh, Kojima Kitamura, because that has a chance to be like legitimate. Good, yeah. uh, but I guess you know that main event too. I mean, you got Kawatu who, who, who's incredible, Umino's got star potential written all over him, and Nagata is always going to deliver. It's just a matter of, of you know the effort level of an Akinishi, but there's some good stuff on that show. Umino is my new flavor of the month. I am so high on Umino, I, I can't say no. He is the guy in the Young Lion Cup who really jumped out at me more than any of the others. I thought Kawato was a bit disappointing in the Young Lion Cup, um, and and obviously Kitab. Mora looked great throughout the whole thing, and Oka was Oka. But Umino of the of the three guys that aren't the you know the uh, you know Umino, Narita, and, and Yagi, the three uh, guys who don't get as much hype. Umino to me was the one who who really stood out, and I think he stood out over anyone other than Kitamura in the tournament. I mean, I think he has a great look, he has a great body, um, he's tall, and uh, and he really impressed me with his work. And I thought he was involved in in, in the best overall match. In the tournament, I gave uh, one of his matches four stars. As a matter of fact, um, I, don't, I don't know if I mentioned it last week. Um, I'll mention it again here, just in case people want to go look for it. Uh, it was uh, let me take a look. It was uh, Oka versus uh, no, I'm sorry, I, you know, I blew it. It was Oka and Ren Narita. I gave four stars. That was on oh, 11 16. Okay. Um, that was the best match in the tournament, in my opinion. But but Umino to me, I mean, he was he was he just he's there's something about him. Where he's starting to stand out above the others, um, uh, especially the, the the other three, uh, you know, when it comes to Narita and Yagi. So, um, and that's why I love the I love watching the progress of Young Alliance because I, I I was talking about uh, I'm doing the, the bio for the ebook on, on Hanare and he's a guy of course his, his year got you know derailed from the Achilles injury but it's always yeah. fun to watch these guys sort of progress because you always have these this and we talk about it all the time with Kamatsu and Tanaka where it was like Kamatsu was so far ahead of Tanaka and then you sort of see Tanaka little by little rise up and you see this weird race that these guys have where guys get a little yeah. bit better and, and guys but the best thing about the Young Lions and and you see it with Umino and you see it with with Narita as well as a guy who's jumped off the page for me uh, lately is that you just see every time that that bell rings they get a little bit better like yeah. every single time and that was what Hanari was in 2016 of course he got derailed and, and we're starting to see it again with him but it was like you know the guy started off as a complete raw piece and that's what I saw with Umino and, and, and Ritz as well those guys looked like they were dead it was like oh geez like what, what are you doing with these and then little by little like all right all right all right and then just every single time that bell rings they're just soaking up so much information and getting so much better and it it, 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 it's, it shows you just how great that young lion development system is because these guys Rich. you can tangibly see it every single yes. time and, and you watch you the what? next Umino match is gonna be better than the last one you saw every single time they just get better every time it's great and i'm gonna tell you why oka 111 matches this year kitamura 107 matches this year they get work and they're in there with people like you know oka's in there uh you know teaming with yuji nagata and and they're wrestling veterans on this show that we just talked about and that's why they get these guys in the ring and look at kawato all those tags with the veteran wrestlers, all those six-man tags, where he was positioned as the hot tag guy and 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 featured. 
Kowatu, 125 matches this year. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. He worked more matches than Minoru Suzuki and Ryusuke Taguchi and yeah. Yujiro. Yeah, they're, and, not, they're not and, sitting in hip toss class, you know. Right, exactly. They're not at the they're combine the figuring out how many center. bench presses they can have. Yeah. Yeah, they're not in the performance center, you know, whacking each other off to Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart's overrated WrestleMania match. Okay. They're on the road and they're working and they're getting better. So, I mean, that, that's why. That's why these guys improve it. So, and Hanare, I mean, God, that guy comes back from that Achilles injury. And he looks like a fucking world beater. I yeah. mean, it's you know, he it, it looks great. And you shouldn't do that. You should be. You should look like shit when you come back from an Achilles injury. <laughs> like it's it's a big deal. It's a terrible injury. Suama took months to get back, and and Hanari's Her- ready to go, and it looks better than he's ever looked. It's it's it's, it's nuts. Yeah. And again, you're seeing that again with Hanari. It's like he came back his first match. I was like, all right, cool. He's trying to get his feet under him, and then little by little, it's like boom, 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 and now he's like good again. It's like damn. That second so- Corkin show, he was the star of the entire yeah, show. It's- crazy it's just it, it, it's and that's what makes it so fun is you know that going in these guys are just gonna get better and it's fun to invest in that story of those that, that you see the, the the shittiest guy you could ever think of just gets better every day <laughs> it's just hey not- what's donovan dijack what's donovan dijack doing these days um yeah i don't know it's like you know <laughs> they signed this leo guy rush, though. leo rush he's, he's been doing some great stuff he's coming well. off an incredible year on the indies and he can clearly go, and he's tall, and he's 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 got a great look, and he's a great worker. Got to learn how to work, though. And they sign him, and what what's he doing? Where where is he? What 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 are they doing with Donovan Dijak? Largo loop? Is he on the Largo loop? I don't know. Yeah, he is. Okay, I just pulled it up. I see on the Largo loop. He's on the <laughs> Largo Dijak loop. Really need Christopher Dijak. But there's so many guys down there that they don't even put on the Largo loop. You know, the PC people who they just, they, what do they do? They're in hip toss. Like you said, they're wearing headgear and they're in hip toss class. Yeah. You know, what's Raul Mendoza doing? You know, sometimes he's on the Largo loop, sometimes he's not. Get them in the ring. Get them on the road. You're running three tours. Now you're running four. Your dopey 205 live tour. So get these guys on the road. Get them in there with veterans. rarely do guys get better rarely do guys get better wrestling their peers you know what i mean like just constantly wrestling and and the young lions do in a sense but there's also you could tell the amount of coaching that's going on behind the scenes in a lot of those guys i mean it's just versus you know yeah whatever it's it it is what it is i mean you have 100 guys on the roster and nobody but that's so you're here there nor there anyway uh as far as Russell kingdom some other stuff uh, before we get out and talk about uh, some other stuff here, we got meetups in Brooklyn and Chicago. We mentioned the Chicago one. That's the one I'm going to go to. Uh, there'll be a re- replay arcade and bar, uh, 2833 North Sheffield in Chicago. I'll be on Thursday, January 4, 2018. Uh, of course, 2018. I don't know why I said that. Uh, 7 p.m. starts uh, for that one. Brooklyn. There's a one going on in Brooklyn as well. Some guy wanted us to uh, to mention this as well. Some uh, people coming to this one as well. Same date, of course, Thursday, January 4th. Uh, he's going to start at 9 p.m. there at the North Pole Pub. I know nothing about the North Pole Pub, but I'm sure it's it's cold in there. But uh, 428 Bergen Street, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, you can also search Wrestle Kingdom Meetup and find that one on Facebook. So pretty cool there if you want to watch. Uh, both those will be spoiler-free. So um, I might be there being the asshole that's like, oh, watch this. Oh, well, that's going to be pretty cool. But uh, if you ignore me, you'll be fine. But uh, no, it, it, it'll be spoiler-free. So everyone watching 
uh, will presumably have not seen the show, and the ones that have seen the show won't be assholes and, and spoil it for everybody. So uh, it'd be pretty cool if you're watching it for the first time or if you want to kind of watch it semi-live. You know, you can't wake up at 3 a.m. to watch it, but uh, pretty good atmospheres in there. There'll also be drinks, specials, and other good stuff going on. So uh, Chicago one's got some uh, some dignitaries. Russell Zone's going to be there. Uh, I'm listed on Reddit as like a big reason why you want to come. I'm like the second bullet. Oh, wow. How about that? And Rich for Voices of Wrestling is going to be there. I'm like, oh, God. I guess Rich Cage, big draw. How about that? Like, if I, like some random some person that didn't know that I like – I, I got a message on Facebook. Like, do you know that you're being advertised at this event? And I'm like, I, I guess I am. Like, there you go. So it was like a guy that, and again, it's what I mean with this Jericho Omega thing. Like, I don't know that this guy would have any fucking clue about this Wrestle Kingdom thing. No fucking clue about it. Who's messaging me saying, hey, I'm going to this and I saw your name on it. Like, that's what I'm saying. This guy would have never, ever, ever watched Wrestle Kingdom. Would have never watched New Japan for Wrestling and is now yeah. watching it and, and found out via Reddit that I was, you know what I mean? Like, so we talk about it again, but that's pretty cool. Uh, but the big news that I want to mention as well, uh, you probably know this uh, every year we go and do this New Japan ebook. Well, we are, of course, doing it again this year, and it'll be available hopefully before Wrestle Kingdom, where we always try to get it out before there, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances. But you're going to want to get that at voicewrestling.com slash njpw17 book voicewrestling.com slash njpw17 book we'll have uh pinned on our uh twitter account as well and you'll be able to find it on voicewrestling.com uh we'll have it on pay hip we'll have it on amazon uh but really good stuff this year i think this is going to be the best book yet in terms of the essays we've gotten are, are incredible the art in this year's book i can't say enough about the amazing art we have we have about 30 illustrations from about six or seven different artist and and everything is different and unique and really awesome i think this book alone as an art book would be enough uh, you know for you to download but i think with all the other stuff uh, the wrestler profiles are working on now good stuff it's gonna have all of our show reviews throughout the year uh, it'll have stable recaps it'll have tournament recaps it'll have title recaps uh, we got power rankings in there we have the the bios as i mentioned where we you know talk a little bit about every single wrestler that, that appeared in New Japan this year. Uh, just a lot of great stuff in here. Great statistics in there as well. So if you want to dig into, you know, fall data and, and win-loss data, I mean, it's a really... And, and the best part about it is we allow you to download it for free. If you want to download it for $0 and just check it out and just, you know, see what it's all about, you can do that. If you want to throw a, a little bit of money at it via PayHip or, or, or purchase it on Amazon, you can do that as well. Uh, many great ways to get it on your e-readers as well, whether it's an iPad or whether you're just watching on your... or reading it on your computer. A lot of good stuff there, but voicewrestling.com slash njpw you 17 book look for that uh, early next week uh we'll get it out to you uh but of course we'll make announcements and, and stuff but i think it's really going to be worth your money whether you decide to give us you know one dollar ten dollars or you just want to download it for free i think you're going to find some value in it uh so voicewrestling.com slash njpw 17 book for all the details on that so joe i think um, people should uh pay for the book uh you could have it for free but you got to remember that the um the contributors from the artists to the research people, to the people uh, doing the writing uh, and all that, um, they, you know, we do pay these people and we pay them based on how much we uh, bring in, obviously. So, um, you know, it, it, look, you could have it for free if you like. Uh, maybe if you've never read one before and you want to download it for free first to make sure that it's not trash and uh, then throw us a couple bucks, that would be great. But remember that that money is getting split. Yeah. Um, to everyone who contributes from the artist right on down. So the more money we make on the book, the more we can pay everybody. So uh, if you want to look at it from that perspective. Um, of course, Rich cooks the books, and we know he pockets uh, most of the oh, proceeds of course, yeah. to fund his elaborate vacations. But uh, for whatever that he gracefully sets aside... Um, <laughs> the other 20% gets split among the other, you know, all the other people that put the hard right, work Right, right, right. The rest well, of us so. uh, fight for the crumbs, but... <laughs> But uh, but you know, capitalism, baby. All right. To make sure that those crumbs are 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 there to be fought for, um, 
you know, uh, if throw, throw a couple bucks towards the thing. A lot of work gets put into it, especially yeah, by Rich. Rich, Rich now, you should see Rich behind the scenes. I mean, he's just I'm a nutcase. He's a nutcase. He's a maniac. He's afraid it's never going to get done in time. It always gets done in time. He's tense. He's passive aggressive towards everyone because they're not working as fast as he thinks they should. He's a maniac. Okay. So, you know, we like to reward Rich too because he works so hard on the fucking thing, putting it together. But there's a lot of people who go into it from the artists to the editors to the, to the research people to the writers. And uh, it's nice to be able to give a decent chunk of money out, you know, instead of 88 cents to everybody. You know, uh, let us write some nice checks to these people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And of course, as I mentioned on PayHip, you can name your own price. So if you want to give us $40, you want to give us a dollar, you want to give us $2, you can do that. And then the Amazon will have a, a set price through the Amazon Kindle yeah. uh, uh, store as well. So you can purchase it through there. But we, we recommend PayHip because it allows you to, to name your own price. And if you really find value out of the book, which I think you are going to find tremendous value out of the book. I don't know the pages right now, but I mean, the prior years have been just an ungodly amount of pages and a godly amount of content. And, and this year we, we, we've done all that. And then the art, I think, has really stepped up to another level as well. Yeah. And I think more than anything, like the essays, you're going to read these essays essays and just see the hard work people put in these essays. You see the hard work we put into the profiles. You see the hard work put into the stats. And really, I, I, I can't stress enough how great the art is in this book. So support the artists. All of those, writers, all of those Twitter yeah. artists that all you guys like, they're all in it. I yeah. mean, oh, we got them all. We got them every single we one. We pretty much got them all this time. All those people that uh, do the Twitter art and all those sorts of things, and um, they're all in it. So, um, and you know, so make sure they get a little bit of money here. And Am- listen, if you use our Amazon link to buy the book on Amazon, that's like some inception that's a level shit, right? Yeah, that's a like there. We we still get a lot of a, a nice little chunk of change back. And I always laugh at that. I'm like, ah ha ha. When we get like a little percent back of the book we wrote that people purchased on our Amazon link, it's that like, we're getting the money for to begin yeah. with. So we're getting the five dollars. It's like it's like you buy a five dollar book on Amazon, and we're somehow we end up getting you know four hundred seventy three dollars for it because of uh, <laughs> some inception level bullshit. So use the Amazon link to buy the book, and that's like yeah, the double. That's like playing fantasy football when you have the quarterback and the wide receiver, right? And they throw a touchdown pass. You know, you get like you know double points. You know, it's kind of same thing. So. Rich doesn't well, play fantasy football, though. I used to. I used to. So I, I haven't I, I played fantasy it. football in like five years. I, <laughs> bored. I got bored of it. Yeah. It's just such a shit game. It's just a, I, the thing about fantasy football, more so than other fantasy sports, is it's, it's, it's so determinant on luck, fantasy, football in particular. Uh, fantasy baseball, you got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. It's just a grind. Yeah, that's just a, it's, you laugh, it's a fucking you grind. Yeah. Yes. Fantasy football is like just luck. It's just, it's like most, in any competent league, all the teams are pretty much even. It's just, I feel there's just so much more. You can just, you don't have to check in on it day to day like you have to do with baseball and basketball. It's just, you can check in on it once a week and do perfectly fine. You can wake up on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning and set your fucking lineup. And it's just always such a dice roll. Fantasy football stinks. Yeah. I, I, I won my, I went, so I, I stopped watching the NFL probably about four or five years ago, two years ago, my, my work has a league and they were like desperate to get a final guy or whatever. So I was like, yeah, whatever I'll do it. I won the league. I wasn't watching. I, I didn't watch a second of football. You are not an NFL guy. You're, no. You're, so I just, I, yeah, like on every Thursday, I'd kind of look at guys that are available guys, and, and it's like, it, it, you know, I didn't know shit. People like, oh man, you're really, it's like, no, the reason I'm winning is because I don't know anything because I'm just going by, you know, nothing by going, Hey, this guy's good. All right, cool. Like I, I, I didn't let anything get into me. And then the other part is like, yeah, I get pissy because like basketball and baseball, like I, those are, you know, my life. I watch those all the time and those, I overthink everything. Every basketball year, I'm like, oh, yeah. this guy's a sleeper. Like this guy's going to do it or whatever. And I project like real life this guy is good in real life to this guy is good in fantasy and it just sucks. And you know, people are like, Oh, you don't know anything about that. I'm like, Oh, I I do. Think about your fantasy career. Okay. When has a casual parachuted into your football or baseball league and won it? 
I'm, I'm sorry, your baseball or basketball league. Oh, yeah, fun. never. Absolutely it, fucking never. They yeah. get trounced. They do terrible. But you can be a casual and parachute into a football league and win it. I mean, that happens all the time. How many times have you been in a football league and like some dope wins it? And you're like, like you were the dope and you I was won. The dope. Like, and people were like, how do you know? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm not watching anything. Like, and it was frustrating yeah. them because they're like obsessive football guys. And I'm like, yeah, you know. It's- I, and I told him, I bet in your spot with basketball. Like, you're going to, because we play basketball leagues and they all beat me and I look like shit in the basketball league. And I get annoyed because it's like, you know, in, in some ways. It, but yeah, it's it, fantasy football is garbage and trash. So, voicewrestling.com slash NJPW 17 book, uh, voicewrestling.com slash Amazon as well as that link that you're going to want to do there. But if you go to that, uh, the NJPW 17 book link, we'll have uh, an embed on there. Uh, to download it on PayHip and to download it on Amazon as well through that link. So, you'll be helping us if you go through that link. So, that's going to be your central port for everything about the book. Definitely want to go there as soon as you can. Uh, we'll have it up. Hopefully, we'll have something up You know, in the next few days. It's just kind of an announcement or whatever, but then we will have the book up early next week, either the first, second, or third, one of those three days. Probably the third, given how things are going, but we'll see how that goes. All right, Joe. Um, don't have a ton of time, as we expected. We got pretty long on the Wrestle Kingdom thing, but we should usually do that. Uh, where do you want to go with this? I know you wanted to talk Noah. You want to talk Dragon Gate, but I think we do also have to talk about kind of a year in review. Uh, what direction do you want to go? Do you want to quickly go through Noah and, and, and Final Gate, or... This is why we need the overrun, though. This is why we need the goddamn this overrun. This is why we need the overrun. Right here. <laughs> um, how much time we got here? Uh, about a half hour. We got 30 minutes. But our, maybe our overlords at uh, Audio Boom will let us go a little over. So let's, let's say 40. But mm. that's pushing it. Um, I say instead of pissing off the Dragon Gate people and instead of pissing off the Noah people, we piss off all of them, and uh, we don't do either of those. <laughs> For what it's worth, we both watched and enjoyed a lot of the stuff. Go watch both those shows; they were very good shows. Yeah, um, and I'm going to piss you off, but and force you to buy do... the overrun on Patreon.com/slash Voice Wrestling, so that this will never ever happen again. What? What did? What else did we have to do here? Uh, the year review. I wanted to quickly go over uh, some some of the big business news, uh, some of the big matches and stuff. Just a little, right, okay, this is it. This is it. We're we're putting a bow on 2017 here in a few days. So let's touch on let's touch on those stories. Let's do it. Okay. So from an in ring standpoint, I think this is the first thing we wanted to talk about here as far as the year review. We we talk about it all throughout the year, and it's sort of been the theme is oh my god, 2017 is nuts. Oh my god, 2017 is nuts. This was as good an in-ring year as I think we've ever seen. And I think that's part of it is that we're seeing more, but I think part of it too, is just the growing nature of, of the business. And, and Dave alluded to this a little bit in, the, in this week's wrestling observer as well, is that these, these new wrestlers that are coming up are in the game of having great matches. You know what I mean? Like that's something that they pride themselves on. A Will Ospreay wants to go out there and have good matches. Uh, uh, you know, a Zack Sabre Jr. Prides himself on having good matches. It's not your, your, your pay me, pin me, whatever the fuck. I just want the check to clear. That generation's long gone. Those guys aren't still there. There's still some of those guys there, but for the most part, these guys grew up studying matches. They grew up, as Dave said, studying a lot of different styles, studying Mexico, studying Japan, studying the Indies or whatever. They grew up in the Ring of Honor era. They grew up in the DGUSA era. Uh, that seems pretty horrible to say, but I mean, there are guys that grew up, you know what I mean? Like, not to feel old, but like there are guys that in 2011 were, you know, watching and, and studying some of the stuff or whatever. But there's guys that have grew up in this different sort of mindset with wrestling. And it, it, it's kind of come to a head with accessibility and, and, and the way people are training that we've come to a year that's unlike anything of, that we've ever seen before. I mean, this is an unprecedented year of in-ring greatness. Yeah, I think that... Um... And, and another point that that Dave makes a lot and that I agree with, and a point that I've made many times as well, is that 
match quality has never been more important than it is now across the world. Right. Companies sell that now when that never used to be a selling point. No, it's still not the most important thing. And it's still not what's going to predominantly make you money, but it's never been more important than it is at this very moment. Um, And I think that's a trend that will probably continue for all of the reasons you're saying. Because now we have people growing up on great matches that are going to want to be wrestlers and are going to want to emulate the great matches that they grew up on. And now we're in the cycle. You know, one of the old cycles people used to talk about was at some point, WrestleMania changed to where people wanted to have great matches at WrestleMania. And that change occurred when the people working on Wrestle on the WrestleMania shows were the people who grew up with WrestleMania being the biggest show of the year. So it was important to them to do well on that show because they grew up idolizing WrestleMania. Whereas the first 10 WrestleManias or so, it was just another stop on the tour for those right. guys. One that you maybe got a little bit more pay for, but it was just, right. yeah, it was just the March New York show. That you did. Yeah. You know, Hercules and, and Billy Jack Haynes at WrestleMania three, you know, they weren't saying to each other, oh, it's WrestleMania. <laughs> right. We got we to step it up and have a great match. It was just the next. It's not going out there going, all right, let's fucking kill this, man. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, that just wasn't the mindset. But all of these people who are now 30 and 40 years old, who are now wrestlers who grew up watching those shows, had a different mindset. So at some point, WrestleMania became a show where everybody laid it all on the line. I think it's the same thing in terms of your, of, of your uh, you know, um, um, day-to-day uh, matches now. It's just, it's just good matches matter more than ever in promotions. I mean, look at New Japan. Um, the, the two most important things is, you know, to have that matinee idol look and to be a great worker. I mean, those are the two most important things in that company right now. And WWE, if you're a bad worker, you really stand out and it can, it can halt your push and, and more than at any point in history. So that's why I think you're seeing more great matches than ever across the globe. And, you know, we've gathered some statistics, um, a wide range of statistics from, from some critics and from some websites to sort of back that up. And I, I think that's where you want to go with this. Yeah. So just a kind of an idea to, to see just the insane in-ring quality that we've had this year. And, and we have a few different sources here, just to let you know, cause you know, for, for star ratings and, and, and match quality and all this sort of stuff. But just to give you an idea this year, we had 10 five plus star matches from Dave Meltzer. That was, um, <clears throat> Okada and Omega, Elgin Naito, Shibata Okada, Kushida Will Ospreay, Okada Omega, Tanahashi Naito, Okada Omega, Omega Naito, uh, Dijak Lee, and then Walter, right? Versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, was the other I'm one. I'm told it's Walter. Okay. Well, they announced it as Walter. I, I just loved to watch that match. And they definitely said, I don't know, whatever. I, I'll go with Walter, too. I like that a little bit better than the. Uh... I, I just saw that debate, and I'm told it's Walter. Okay, we'll know. go with that then. I, I thought it was knows. the other way. I thought I thought people told you the other way, but <laughs> let me let's look at those ten five star matches. Yeah, let's do it. Some of those got six stars and five and three quarter stars because I think it's because <laughs> Dave gave the Wrestle there was Kingdom like a match. six and a quarter in there somewhere. He yeah. did. He gave the Wrestle Kingdom match six, and then I, I think at that point quarter, was, I believe he was trolling people after that. He gave the uh, he gave the G one final like five and three quarters or something, and he gave the the, the next Okada. He gave the Okada. Um, Omega draw six and a quarter. Um, but for all intents, I mean, these are five-star matches. Um, 
I don't, I had six five-star matches for the year. Uh, some of them were the same as these, uh, and some of them were not. I disagreed. That Donovan Dijak Keith Lee match at Bola, yeah. I believe that he gave. Five, I didn't think that was a five star match. Yeah, um, I didn't like it at much at all. <laughs> like it was one of those weird. I liked ones. it. I, it right. But it was not a five star match. To me. I, I saw a better um, Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak match live at Evolve, but I don't. I don't. You know, think that you're probably lying. I, I, I believe you. I didn't think it was anywhere close to five. I gave it four and a quarter. Um. You know, and I thought that might may have been generous. Um, I'm not even sure it was the best match at Bola. No, I don't think it was the best match in the night either. <laughs> I don't think it was the best Donovan Dijak Keith Lee match at at Bola. I thought the tag match they had against Cobb and Riddle was better. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, well, two nights earlier or whatever. Um, you know, the I didn't give all of the Okada Omega matches five stars. I gave the first one five stars. The others I gave I think four and a half. Um. The Tanahashi Naito matches, I think he gave one of them five stars. I didn't give any of those five stars. I thought they were great matches. Um, I was in the five and a half range there. Um, Shibata Okada, um, I did not go five stars on that, but I should have. I've changed my mind on that. That should be five stars. Um, that's probably my match of the year. That was just a beautiful match. It was just a beautiful pro wrestling match. Uh, Kushida Osprey, I did not give five stars. Elgin Naito, I did. If it's the same one that I'm thinking of, um, we don't have. The dates I'm almost here. positive it is. Yeah, I don't have the dates, but I'm, 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 first I'm one. Positive it is. Yeah, yeah, I think that. Um, I think they only had. Wait, did they have more than one? Um, now I'm confused. I gave their match five star. The what? The, yeah, it's the G1. I know for a fact it's the G1 match that he's ranking there. So G1. Then no, that's not the one. I, the one I gave five stars was the match where Elgin was selling the leg. Uh, it, the new beginning. Naito Elgin New Beginning, I gave five stars. Oh, well then I guess hmm, we'll have to see, because it might not be the one. I gave now that what's interesting is I gave two Mike Elgin matches at G1 five stars. I gave uh okay, uh the Omega. I'm looking them up now. Uh the uh yeah, the Omega match and the why can't I find it? I just did this on uh Omakase the other day, and now I can't oh, find it. Oh, the Okada it. one? I'm looking at the wrong month, that's why. Uh, yeah, Okada, Elgin, and uh, Elgin Omega. I gave five stars, and I gave. Elgin- right, sorry, they, they didn't fight at, at. I'm an idiot. They didn't fight at, at G1 the night. Yeah, Elgin. that, that was, was the beginning in Osaka. That was in February. I had six five star matches. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had six five star matches this year, and three of them at Elgin, which is pretty fucking crazy. And he's not really a guy people are talking about. It, th- that exemplifies how great the year is because he had a great year in AAW too. I mean, yes. an incredible year in mm-hmm. AAW. Um. And he doesn't even get discussed in terms of wrestler of the year, most outstanding, things like that. Now, I don't think a lot of people would vote for him now because they feel like he's a dickhead with all the shit that went down. But even before that, it's not yeah, like even before, even before that, that hype wasn't there, you know, and to me, I separate that stuff. I just it's to me, it's bell to bell. I my job is to evaluate what happens in the ring. Um, but I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. I, you know, Dave had 10. I had six and three of mine were Elgin matches. Did you have any five star matches this year? Uh, I did, yeah. I had uh, I had all three of the the Okada Omegas. I would put at that level. Um, right. As far as other ones, yeah, I'm trying to remember back. Um, I'm terrible at logging this, and and I do my horrible you, know, <laughs> you you hate that I do my rewatch at the end of the year. I mean, those three I know for a fact. I had uh, the Zack Saber Junior. Chuck Taylor match from uh, oh, wow. uh, PWG. That one is 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 a hundred percent a five star. 
in my and I, I and I cannot. Everybody that I've converted and made watch that match all agrees with me. So I hope that people listen to this. Go back and watch it too. I know Alan thinks that way. I know Iron Mike Spears listened to my advice, went and watched it, and said that was incredible. So there's been a lot of people, and I'm saying, do not sleep on that one at all. Do not sleep on that match. It's it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Like I said, I, I'm really bad at logging it, so that's that's gonna be one of my yeah. issues that I don't have it off. How the about top Okada of my head. Shibata? Um, I think at the time I didn't, but that's one that I, I I'm positive when I rewatch, knowing you know what I know now, knowing the context of the match, knowing what happened after and before, and all that sort of that that's gonna be one that I think at the end of the day I probably will. You know, I don't like I'm looking back at my stuff, notes, I think and I was wrong. I I did give it five stars right off. Oh, so you bat. did? Okay, all right, cool. No, I don't. Yeah. So, yeah, I had. Uh, let's see, I had six. I had uh, Okada Omega at the Dome. I had Naito Elgin at New Beginning. I had Okada Shibata at uh, what I always forget Sakura Genesis, right? Yeah, that's what yeah, they yeah. call it now. And then I had the two Elgin G one matches against. Um, Okada and Omega, and then my third one was the Kenny Omega Ishi match at the uh, New Japan um, G One Special. Oh, that was yeah. That that's that's one to add uh, as well. I know for a fact I, I I gave that one five stars. I did the review, uh, and then I believe I, I I didn't do the. I don't think I did the review for this one, but I know this is one that, that definitely up there. Uh, the Kotobushi Hiroshi Tanahashi match from uh, King of Pro Wrestling. That was one that I definitely. I had on that list, okay. but like I said, I do a giant rewatch. So it, like for me, it doesn't necessarily work to sort of say, Hey, these are my five stars in here. You know, there we go. So, um, cause I like to go kind of go back. I, I have a list of like check marked matches or whatever ones that, so I'd have yeah. to go back and look at my reviews and see, cause I don't, I don't necessarily log it. The same so way that's what four or five so. matches for you. That, that you had yeah. And I'm, I'm a tough grader too. Three, no more than that. So you had three, yeah, no, no, three it's, it's, I think it's somewhere, it's, it's somewhere in the six, seven range, but again, I'd have to go back and look at my reviews. I don't So know. let's look at this then. So Dave had 10, which is ab- abnormal for him outside of when all Japan was hot. Right, he may have had some years there, where he gave ten All Japan matches. When you factor in tags and all that, and plus, you know, Joshi was going strong at that time. Um, he probably had years where he gave ten mat, but but it, it, in recent years, it's rare for Dave to have as many as ten matches at five stars or better. Now, eight of them were New Japan matches. One was PWG, and one was uh, what was that Walter Zack Saber Jr. that he gave five? Was um, I forgot where that was at. I believe WXW uh, or something. I, I, yeah, I, I, let me try to figure out exactly where that one was. I I think it's <laughs> important. To know where that's I don't know if they've done some other stuff. I if I, I don't think I, I didn't see that match. Well, was that PWG? Because I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was oh, PWG. maybe it was. It was a PWG match. I did see it then. All Star Weekend. I, I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh shit! I better go. Better go watch it before the end of the year. That was uh, yeah, ten twenty one. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they had a WXW match. I um, saw that show. Yeah, I didn't give that five. Um, okay, so two PWG matches and and uh, eight New Japan matches. <laughs> but anyway, the point I'm gonna make um, six for me is absurd. I think I've had six f- five star matches in my life before this year. Um. Because I can remember most of them off the top of my head. I don't have all my notes from every year, but there's been years I give zero. You know, a lot of years where I give zero. So six is just ridiculous. Um, is is six or seven for you absurd? I think it is because you're a pretty I think, hard. Oh marker. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a very hard marker. But yeah, when you have th- a, a trio of matches that that are among the best I've ever seen, and like those were locks. I mean, that that already put it above most years for me. But yeah, I, I'd imagine. You know, I'd have to go back and look at my notes. But I, I this has to be the most I've given in a single year. So Dave had 86 matches. At four and a half stars or better. Right. And I think what's, what's cool, too, about this, too, I wanted to kind of break down the, the yeah. promotions. You got New Japan, PWG, WWE, NXT, uh, All Japan, Rev Pro, uh, AEW, ROH, Pro Wrestling Noah, and uh, What Culture Pro Wrestling. Now, what's interesting about that is, is Dave really does not watch Dragon Gate. 
doesn't really watch right. Joshi. Doesn't really watch much lucha that much anymore either. So it's like well, he watches he watches the Friday night lucha, right? But he doesn't like I well, I, I suppose. But I think it's fair to say he watches the big shows too. I just the thing with David Lucha is he never rates it all that highly. That's true. That so I don't know that there would be any if even if he watched every single lucha match yeah. that made tape in a given year. I don't know yet even because even in his prime he he barely um, gave lucha and, any you know of those top tier. But but not watching Dragon Gate, not watching Joshi, and we've heard a lot of great Joshi stuff. Not watching a lot of the you know other Japan indies or whatever. He saw an outside of an outside side of pwg and aw he's not watching indies exactly right 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 so and look this isn't being critical no one can watch everything um well, you know, some people can you guys are not cases but <laughs> i don't i don't think dave is sitting down and watching you know and turning on his progress demand progress and watching every chapter of progress i don't think dave you know what i mean dave is gonna watch hyped stuff that people send him um so he he's not you know, because he's got to watch all the MMA. He has to watch every second of WWE. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of your point here. There's there's even shit that he hasn't seen. That so his number of 86 matches, four and a half stars or better, um, may have been even higher if he was watching everything. So um we gathered some other data. Uh what'd you get from you had something from Cage Match, right? Yeah, so so cage match. There was forty matches with nine plus cage match ratings, and of course that's not a, a, a super. You know, some matches only get you know forty votes or whatever. Some get two hundred, whatever. But still, nine plus cage match ratings. There's not a lot of matches that get nine plus. There was forty this year. That yeah, forty plus. in one year. That's impressive. And, and that's crowdsource now. So right. you're talking fans, and that includes trolls and everything else. You know, we're gonna throw a one. Yeah, that's a cool, yeah, that, that throw one on you know Okada Megan's ass, just sit socks, New Japan blows or whatever, and it's still you right. know those, those matches emerge or whatever. Uh, some other figures too. We had Dylan Justin, who's a, a staff oh, member. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, you're do waiting for him. He's the main event. Do him last. Okay, all right. Because his numbers are just yeah. Do him last. <laughs> sure, cool. You want me to go to you? Yeah, do Joe Lanza next. Okay, well, I, we did skip over this. Dave had uh 218 four plus star matches. Oh, year. there we go. Now, okay, so there's your comparison the, points. Yeah, so let's go for the Joe Lanza. Um, Right here. So you said, again, you had six five-plus star matches. I think you, yeah. you didn't go to six for anything. You just had five as your one, So, but I, I put yeah. the plus in there anyway. You had 79 matches at four and a half plus. So again, a little less than Dave. Then you had 253 four-plus. More than Dave. Yeah. So, and I, and I think it's fair to say I watch more than Dave. Is that fair to say? That's, that's very fair to say, yes. Because you don't I, watch like, fight past MMA you know, stuff. So yeah, you got plenty of time to do that. I mean, I think I watched more Japan outside of Dave, I probably watch more New Japan than Dave. I mean, because he's not watching Cork and shows and things like that. But I watched more straight up Japan than Dave. I mean, Dave is just watching stuff that people tell him to watch from the other Japanese promotions. I'm watching all the Noah, all the All Japan, all the Dragon Gate. I'm watching more indies than Dave. Wrestle One. I, Dave didn't watch any Wrestle One. Didn't even watch any Wrestle One. He didn't like, watch any like Dragon that. Gate this year. You're right. So I think it's fair to say I'm watching more than Dave. Um, so I had what about seven less four and a half star matches, four less five star matches, but I had way more four star matches or better. I had 253. Dave had 218. So we saved Dylan Justin who works at this site for last because he watches more wrestling than I do. Um, he watches more wrestling than maybe anybody. I, I, is there anyone who watches more wrestling than him? Because if you look at his, we have his document, his spreadsheet. Um, he's watching joshi lucha uh european stuff um he's even got a, f- a folder for fucking australia which i think me and him are the only people outside of australia watching stuff from australia um so this is an example 
Uh, his numbers are absurd. Rich, go ahead. All right. So for five star matches, he's got eleven. So that puts him, you know, one over Dave, a uh, few over you, but you know, right in line with the, I, I guess what would be the consensus there. Uh, as far as four and a half, one hundred and three. So a little bit more than you. You had seventy nine. He has one hundred and three. Now, Joe, four and better, four plus stars. He has eight hundred matches. Eight <laughs> hundred. Okay, this is what I mean. If you're watching everything like he does, there's so much great stuff out there. Now, there's some qualifiers here. Would you call Dylan an easy marker? Um, In some cases, it, it depends. It depends I what the promotion is. I mean... That's true. Everyone has their style bias, but I consider him a very easy marker. Um, I think Dylan, Justin, and our pal Alan are the easiest. When they like stuff, they fucking like it. Um, they are easy markers. I think Dylan Justin is the easiest marker I've ever seen. Now, I've seen him dislike matches that I've liked. He has his his biases like everyone else. But I think when he likes something, he tends to go super high on it. And I think his numbers bear that out. So that's the disclaimer number one. But the important thing here is what I think it shows with his 800 fucking matches at four stars or better, and he's not even done watching shit for the year. I think I'm pretty much done watching shit for the year. I've I've caught up. There's a few more shows I need to see um, that I may or may not even get to. It just goes to show if you seek it out, there's so much great stuff to watch. And the water level has been raised so much. Now, look, I don't know that if it were 1989, if we had access to everything, sure, there'd be some undiscovered gems and things like that. And it was so reliant on what people chose to record in Japan and then made its way over here and things of that nature. And nothing was getting recorded in Mexico until like the nineties, the early nineties. And, but I still think that the level of work now is higher than it's ever been, even with all those uh, disqualifiers uh, in the mix. I I firmly believe that because I've been watching wrestling for a very long time and it's just, just looking at WWE alone, the most high-profile company. I mean, the work rate standards were shit for 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 decades. Um, even in the territory days, it was known as the worst promotion in terms of you weren't going to get great matches. It just wasn't what they did there. Um, it wasn't until maybe, what, the last decade or so where it really became a, a match promotion where you, you know, and where you couldn't really survive as a wrestler unless you were pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I think just just the idea there that eight hundred, and again, that's that's a pretty high figure. But the fact that there's been that much wrestling to consume and that much wrestling that it's it's unprecedented. I mean, you're never going to find a year that that, that's like this. Or you know, maybe this is the new standard. Maybe next year is going to be the exact same way, and it's going to keep getting better and better and better. But it's a lot of real fun things here. But this is just a a very special year in ring. Um, Access is a factor. Access is absolutely a huge factor, but it, it, it's a combination, though. If, the, if there was a lot of access, but people still didn't care about having good matches, they wouldn't be. But we're seeing everything, and people want to have good matches, and the intention is to have good matches, and the selling point is having good matches. And, and you have entire promotions like Evolve and stuff that really pride themselves on that. You have AW, which, you know, yeah, Independence. I mean, PWG. I mean, there's there's a new and, and New Japan. I mean, the big wigs, too. New Japan. New Japan guys go out there. Kenny Omega goes out there to have great matches. He doesn't, you know, selling tickets is a big deal to him, but he wants to go and have a great match. And that, that's unprecedented. Yeah, because when history has that been the goal and it's the goal now and for yeah. a lot of people and a lot of promotions is great matches all right let's go over some of the business news from this year uh, just kind of a quick little recap of uh very of, quickly though how what do you think the average match length is for the 800 matches he gave four stars or more oh the average match length 12 minutes is that low hmm probably uh, yeah, maybe 12 
It's a well, question. I don't all know. the super yeah. high rated ones were probably 20 minutes, 15. Right, minutes. right, right, right. Yeah. Let's say 12 minutes. So he spent 9,600 minutes just, <laughs> watch, just watching those matches. Okay. That's divided by six. He spent 160 hours on just his four star matches or better. But he probably saw another, what, thousand matches? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine the other matches that he didn't think were four stars that he had to have watched. I mean, he, he probably watched 2,000 matches. Yeah. At an average length of 10 minutes, because, all right, bad matches are going to be 10 minutes or maybe less, eight minutes. I mean, that's 8,000 minutes. <laughs> you keep talking, and he's going to quit the website. He's going to realize <laughs> what he's doing with his life. And quit the website. Yeah, I mean, that's. It, it actually isn't as impressive as I thought because it's 133 hours of watching matches. I mean, that's really only five and a half straight days. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, to me, I, I thought it would be more impressive, though. I thought it would be like 20 yeah. days watching Those matches. Those are never that impressive, but then you realize like how long a day is if you, you know, don't see But don't you think if like as a gag or for charity or for whatever that you could watch matches for five and a half straight days? <laughs> no, I think you would die. I think I could do it. Okay, I want you to do that. That'll that'll be a. We'll put that on the. Uh, we'll 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 put a thousand dollar Patreon tier, and that's donating to Joe, uh, staying up for five and a half days to watch wrestling. One hour break per twenty four hours to sleep. Mm. Now you the think caveats you can do that? come. I can do that easily. Um, hour breaks. How, how often are the breaks? Every five hours, you said. Well, yeah, because you could eat while you're watching. Okay. Someone can bring you food. Are you peeing in a, in a bucket or are you going? Well, you know, okay, you, you obviously have to go to the bathroom. So okay. you, you're allowed to get up and take a piss or take a shit while there's so a How long on. is the shit going to take? Are you taking a secret nap while you're pooping? Uh, we'll no, no. You have we'll to bring the video it's, in. Okay, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the scout's honor. Okay, you can't okay. You take in your shit. You got to be honest about it. Um, you have someone bringing you takeout for these five days or cooking for you or whatever. You can't do it by yourself, obviously. I think if you give me an hour break every day to sleep and, and there's every, at least one hour break every 24 hours to sleep. And I have someone well, there. Only want me one up. hour every day. Well, yeah, because, because then otherwise it's, you're not really living up. If you take longer than an hour. Okay. Is it, are you really doing the five day straight gimmick? If you're taking, longer uh, than an I hour? think you're less than two and a half days tops. What do you think? I don't <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm not saying it's not crazy and I'm not saying I wouldn't be sick by this fucking third day. But if you're doing it for like charity or you're just doing it as a gag, I think I could do it. Um, I think that, you know, it, it would be – the idea is it's supposed to be hard though. You know what right. I mean? Like that's well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But I think that if you take longer breaks than an hour, it's not impressive anymore. I think you're falling What do you think the longest watching. breaks you could take where it's no longer impressive? Um Three hours is, is a lot of sleep, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say three or four hours would be about the point. I have like, I could, because if it was now. four hours, I'm good. Because that's, I, I don't sleep more than four or five hours right. a night anyway. 